0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast.
1: Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show what is on
2: Cork's about? Red FM. What you talking about when it comes to traffic problems in this city of ours? I see people have been venting over the past couple of days, and indeed last week as well, we dealt with it. But you might like to know that, and, and this is very relevant to Cork, with huge changes in the city, right? And people trying to get across the river and about their business, and a lot of traffic flow issues now. Many road works. uh, Lots of lanes have been taken out. Many streets have been made one way. You know the drill. But in spite of all of that, of course, they say that the city will be a better place because of it. Many say the planning hasn't been up to par on this. But anyway, the reason I I talk about it is that there's an article in the Star this morning saying uh, that issues regarding traffic, traffic and the noise of traffic and the hassle of traffic is leading to more and more of us being stressed out. So it's not road rage. It's more road racket Everything to do with trying to get from A to B, but noise doesn't help and traffic jams don't help. So if you're feeling a bit stressed out this morning, you're not alone. Uh, text 0868104106 if you want to jump in on traffic problems on on Lee Side or the redesign. Um, it just goes from bad to worse. Uh, the Good Shepherds. I believe this is the third blaze, um, and yet another one at the weekend. Uh, this front page are making the front and inside pages of the Echo today. Everybody wants some kind of urgent action taken with regards to the site of the good shepherd uh, and we had at least 20 uh, members of the fire brigade many of them had to stay on site for a long long time responding to the fire that happened in the early hours of yesterday morning and um, four years ago the developers moneda were given planning permission uh, to build 234 apartments at the site and everybody's asking now what's going on? Uh, use it or lose it. In fact, some local councillors on the north side are saying just that. If they're not interested, this is McNugent, if they're not interested, then they should give the property or pass it on to someone else who is. And indeed, maybe the council should be looking at a compulsory purchase. I mean, this building, and you remember St. Kevin's was burnt down some years back as well, not too far from it, but this building was started, was built in, 19, in 1881 and the history to it Well, it's not the greatest. It was a Magdalene laundry, a mother and baby home and an orphanage for 108 years. It was also the place that uh, little Nellie of Holy God passed away and she's buried up there. So more on that a little later on this morning. But of course, budget related issues dominate many of the papers. And uh, who knows what they're going to do tomorrow. um, uh, The papers this morning. In fact, on the inside pages of the examiner, um, they give us chapter and verse on what we can expect. So it seems to me as if most of the budget has been has been leaked already. And they're looking at the cost of living and they're looking at rebates for your uh, energy and utilities. Not a cap on prices as everybody wants, but something in the region of three installments of 200 uh, this year and uh, next year. They're talking about um, a double payment, the Christmas child benefit, double payment this side of Christmas. Um, you know, it'll be the Christmas bonus, uh, some kind of a one-off cost of living payment in October or November for those on welfare. Um, then for others, then who have children and education, they're talking about free school books for uh, primary school. They're talking about trying to organise some way of reducing crash fees. Um, and the first way they're going to do that is a two hundred euro reduction of stuff like that. We'll come I'll come back to it later on this morning. It seems to me that with budgets in this country, that all the departments clamour for a few bob, right? All of the ministers are looking for their little bit of the kitty. So every department gets something. It's a bit of a scattergun tactic, really, if you like. Uh, But I'll come back to it because uh, I need to keep ploughing on with the papers because I've got to get the phone calls. They're also saying that the price of the pint won't be increased, but fags will go up 50 cent a packet, apparently. Uh, So more on that a little later on And the school book issue. School books to be free. They should have been free all along, of course. But one of the big stories that uh, started, of course, where it happened, and that's... uh, from Oye, um is picked up by all of the papers this morning. Um, and a lot of the time, these kind of crime sprees by teens or people who take cars or joyride or take cars and ram other cars, as happened in From Oye, has to do with stardom on TikTok. Uh, many, many people do this. Certainly the gang up in Ballyfermot did. Um, it's all about the fame that they can get from videoing their carry-on. Car thefts, joyriders, guard-up pursuits, so great to have a chase from the guards and film it. Put it up on TikTok, you're some kind of a hero. Was well, a guy actually who's going to be an, an unre- unrelated story to this, is the Formoy story. man is due in court today after a car crashed into other vehicles and a pedestrian was injured trying to stop him. Uh, people were filming it, obviously, and the guard are looking for witnesses now. Uh, It makes the front and inside pages of all of the red tops today and, indeed, lots of video footage that was posted online. So more on that as well in a few minutes' time. The papers are also suggesting that uh, prices for housing might be levelling out. Some newspaper somewhere this morning said that there's 15,000 gaffes available to buy across the country. Um, So there's more property for sale now than ever before. But it's the cost of it is the problem. Isn't that the truth? And this morning, the Independent breaks down the average house price for the third quarter of 2021, and they compare it to 2021 and, tw- and now. Uh, and if you look at Cork City, the average Cork price of a house in the city, 332000 And the And when I say average now, we're looking at the three-bedroom semi as being the average. So in the city, 332000 In the county, 275,000. And you know what? There's logic, I suppose, behind the reasons why people are looking to buy or to build, certainly to buy further away from the city, particularly if they can keep their commute to maybe 30, 40 minutes each way of a morning and an evening. Uh, So that's the story with housing. Meanwhile, for those that don't have a house, the Independent Online at the weekend was saying that the homeless crisis is just getting worse. There are now 290,000 adults sleeping on sofas or staying with their friends. Uh, At a time, of course, when many people were critical that the Taoiseach flew business class to New York, despite hitting out at others In the UN, recently, for failing to act on climate change, uh, Michal and others flew business class uh, to the uh, United States of America. When asked about it, he says, yeah, that he and some of his staff were in business class. His press secretary apparently travelled in economy class. Wonder what the press secretary made of that. But he says, the reason is, I'm working flat out, back to back. I work uh, 24-7 in terms of work priority I get on the plane, I work on the plane. I get off the plane, I work off the plane. So he says that could well be a reason that might be acceptable to the public as to why he flies business class, because he can work better in business class. Uh, meanwhile, uh, don't go getting sick, whatever you do, because there's a serious shortage of GPs. And it's affecting lots of different people in different ways, including people who need to get a cert because they're off sick to claim illness benefit. So shortage of GPs, um, many of them, of course, are legging it overseas and who could blame them? And there's a story overseas out of Italy this morning. The very far right are about to go into power in Italy. A young woman by the name of Georgia Maloney Uh, I actually, when I heard it first, thought that she was Irish descent, but it's a different spelling of the word Maloney. She's got a tough line and lots of things that she wants to see changed in Italy. And many people are fed up the traditional politics and they're moving far right. So she's got issues with being in the European Union. She's got issues about open borders and mass immigration. And she's got issues with the LGBT community. So it'd be interesting to see... How that plays out, Um, they call her a 45-year-old single mother uh, who understands ordinary Italians, as they put it this morning in the papers. And meanwhile, as people struggle and will continue to struggle across the weekend, charity shops, this is something we mentioned on air last week, have seen more and more footfall through their doors. We used to call them second-hand clothing. Now, of course, the uh, more kind of loved-up word is pre-loved items. Uh, showing a spike in sales as the cost of living soars. Uh, I might have an opportunity the next day or two to talk with uh, St. Vincent de Paul on how they find things. But there is some good news. If you like a couple of pints, don't be at all worried about two pints a day because it will help to slash and to stave off dementia. I don't know what happens if you have a third or a fourth every day, but two will do, apparently. And there's no love lost these days uh, for Meghan Markle. I don't know if the the British ever had a love-in with her, perhaps maybe at the very beginning but it's far from a love in now and it's not going to be helped according to the English Red Tops today with the revelations that appear in a new book called Courtiers, The Hidden Power Behind the Crown. Um, And they talk in this book, or at least the author, Valentin Lowe, talks with an awful lot of former palace insiders who, between them all, haven't a kind word to say about Meghan. Um, I have a kind word to say for air fryers and slow cookers because apparently they are the two kitchen gadgets that you need this winter if you want to save a few bob there's a challenge that lana o'connor showed me on friday it's the challenge between the air fryer and the oven with regards to cooking a lasagna and apparently you'll do a damn good lasagna in the air fryer in 14 minutes whereas it will take 50 minutes including the serious heat up of the oven to the lasagna in the oven both of them apparently taste great The only thing about it is, uh, if it was in my air fryer, I can tell you one thing. It would be a damn small lasagna.
1: The Neil Prendiville Show.
2: Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Uh, But apparently you save an awful lot of money um, by using air fryers or indeed using slow cookers. And one final word on it actually is they're also talking today in the papers about other kind of hacks with regards to trying to save a few bob across the winter months. So I will come back to that throughout the course of the morning, text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 0818104106. Can I go straight to the phone lines, if you don't m- mind, to the incident uh, in Fermoy over the weekend? Stephen, good morning. Hey, how are you? Stephen, thank you so much for coming on, because I know you were there, and you can tell us what you saw, so I appreciate you taking the time. When are we talking about this, this incident happening, exactly? Um, I'm
3: sure it was, it was around roughly three o'clock. Three o'clock. that is Oh, okay. well, three, half, three, I three
2: think, yeah. Saturday afternoon. What happened? Yeah.
3: What yeah. happened? Um, I just came out of the barbers. I was literally just paid for my hair. My two small fillers, haircuts and walked out the door and I seen a black car on the, the middle of the road and somebody trying to pull the driver out of it. Um, he took off speeding, um, swerving, just trying to get whoever was trying to pull him out and um, just kind of get him away from the car. Yeah. Um, Then he just took off down And he was swerving in and out Trying to get away Um, It was like he was trying to get away But he crashed into The back of a horse box Then he reversed back Crashed into a power car He reversed back up the road
2: then And crashed into another car Yeah, after the horse box Yeah
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he hit about Five cars before that even
2: Oh really? That many cars? Yeah Okay.
3: Okay And he was up in the footpath, like, literally outside the door of the Barbers. But I didn't actually see him out there. No. I know i seen it on a video afterwards. But, like, it was right outside the door of the Barbers, roughly, where he was... Um, right in front of you. On the, on the footpath, like, you know.
2: So if you saw that, it says in the Red Tops today, one bystander tried to intervene, opening the door of the black Ford to stop the driver. But the car reversed and the injured man, who was, was and the man was injured, the guy at the door, apparently... Did the yeah, guards arrive yeah. very quickly?
3: Um, I think like I think something happened down further down the town before that. So they like they were obviously aware, but they were they were there within a minute or two minutes even of we say if, when he started. They were there maybe three minutes after. And what was that what other incident? Do you know? I'm not sure. But I think he hit another lady. I was talking to a lady, and she got hit down the other side of the town. And
2: um, oh, yeah, yeah,
3: in the same so, incident. Yeah, and um, and even like after all this, um, literally twenty seconds, thirty seconds before the guards arrived on the scene, um, he was after speeding off up the top of the town and headed out the car road. I think um, my partner was actually coming towards me, and she seen that there was more car damage up that side of the town. Okay, okay. Did she see um, squad
2: cars chasing? Him then at that stage,
3: no, she hadn't, because he was actually after turning around and he came flying back
2: down the town again. It's a wonder people weren't killed. Were they scattering for safety?
3: Uh, yeah, like, people were shouting and screaming, like, to get out of the car, like, you know what I mean? And people were more afraid for our safety. Like, I like, got oh, two kids who ran into the back of the bar was down into the, the very back of it, and they were screaming and crying, like, you know, and even, like, we went for dinner Friday night. My, phone, my smallest lad fell asleep in the car and woke up. He was like, oh, my God, is this for my... He's get me out of here! Get me out of here! Like they don't—they're actually afraid to even go to of my after what they seen.
2: I know, and they, this comes on the back of the carry on. You're aware of the carry on in Ballyfermot, I suppose, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I seen I seen that as well. Yeah, on social media. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now the guards are looking for witnesses and people with uh, with uh, you know video footage from their phone or whatever. Uh, would you make yourself available to Guardi as a witness?
3: I would, of course. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I wouldn't be the first to know when I see something like that whip out my phone and yeah, I know. you know, yeah. I, I didn't record that and anything. But yeah, like I, I was there, I see I seen the most of what happened and like I have seen some of the videos that circle around like and like they actually don't even seem
2: that bad to be honest, to what actually happened. To what you so, anyway. actually saw with your own two eyes. And how is Famoi in general, you know, aside um, from this incident? I actually I'm actually living
3: in Wild Hill we just went down for a haircut at a very bad time to be honest um, but in general like I've all I've been in you know, for my, in my 21 years I'm alive and like it's, it's a nice town like, it is I mean? actually now, I
2: was up there one Sunday during the summer for a bit of lunch and Ed's a buddy of mine is a chef he's got a cafe up there a restaurant and it was buzzing sun was shining yeah, all the shops were open people were milling around it. I was really surprised how beautiful it was yeah it, it is like it's we like we did live
3: there for a while, like you know, and even after moving out, we still go. there you know, just like you've lovely walks down Barne End over the river. Like you have a lot of things going on. If, even if you need just the smallest little things in your bigger shops that you don't have in most small towns, you have it, Mike. Nice, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is. It's it's, an, it's a nice area, like and it's it's always buzzing. there's always it's always busy. You, like you know yourself if you go to get parking you're not going to get parking that easy in Formoy so you know that it's
2: busy like you know yeah I know, I know, maybe it's a, a one off and it shouldn't stain the uh, uh, people's um, interpretation of Formoy town itself, listen Stephen thanks for taking the call, I do appreciate it I know you got better things to be doing but thanks for sharing what you saw, cheers my man, Councillor Noel McCarthy, a one off Noel would you say um, and shouldn't actually impact on people using the town or having a view on the town unlike Ballyfermot, where we saw all sorts of carry on there last weekend your thoughts?
4: Yes, Neil, and thank you for having me on this morning. And, and again, like Stephen said, there, everyone in the town was shocked on Saturday with the incident that happened. But thank God, no one was seriously hurt. And that, uh, uh, um, but it was frightening. I spoke to people there, Neil, that they were frightened. Like Stephen outlined it, couldn't outline it better. Well, people were scared. Never saw anything like it. But it's just a one-off. For my is a beautiful place to live in. To for. To, uh, for kids to go to school, and but most of all to visit, like Stephen said, he lives outside the town in Watergrasshill. For Formoy is a good town. Mm. Unfortunately what happens on Saturday, but please God that'll never happen again. Yeah, on, uh, what we saw in Ballyfermot,
2: yeah. of course, was hundreds of yobs gathering. Like that was a complete melee, totally out of control. Um, and obviously there were there was cars involved in that and and filming it. But you were very lucky in For that that car didn't mount a footpath where there were people walking about as pedestrians.
4: Yes, without a doubt. We, we, we were very lucky. Even though it was an awful thing to happen, unfortunate. And um, people were—I I met one elderly woman that was in a car. She got an awful fight. Never thought she anything like this in why You see uh, what she said to me was Noel, you only read about this and sometimes like things like Barry Firm. But we have nothing like that in Famoy Neil. You said it yourself when you visit I am delighted that you said yeah. you visited us a couple of weeks ago. Lovely up there. I am chairman of the local tidy tongues myself. We put a lot of effort in. For my is a good place to come to. Great businesses, lovely shops. Um, well worth the visit, I said to people, and this was just an unfortunate incident on Saturday afternoon, where thank God one was Okay, Okay, just her. let me
2: ask you, what's your guard yeah. presence like there, generally speaking?
4: It's it's very
2: good, and I want to compliment
4: the Gardaí. Some people were criticising, saying they weren't there fast enough, but this all happened in such a, a short space of time, that they did get there, and of course I spoke to one member of the, the guard who said, they have to be careful how they approach it as well, because if they try to apprehend them too fast, you could could have mounted a foot patch then, could have made it worse, but I think they handled the incident the best way they could, and thank God there was no one seriously injured. I think there and was a the gentleman
2: one. injured, all right, who tried yes, to and stop the car I want to send my best wishes, if yeah. I could, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. But people were very upset about it. and Just an unfo- a thing that shouldn't have happened and it happening in our town upset a lot of people on Saturday. But I just want to tell your listeners, for my years, definitely worth the visit. It doesn't happen. It's just a one-off incident. So okay. I can assure you that, yeah.
2: Thanks, Noel. Appreciate thank you taking the call. On. Cheers, thank you. Thank Noel McCarthy. You. We can't say any more about it now, lads, as it, with regards to any updates, or um, because a man is due in court this morning after that and will appear in court At some stage this morning. But there was quite an amount of text on it. After seeing this video. I'm absolutely flabbergasted and disgusted. Some people want to just watch this kind of carry on for entertainment. But Ireland is becoming this way for quite some time. Uh, Another one here. That's only the half of it. He hit loads of cars. Someone was injured as well. Uh, myself and my partner and a two-year-old were in the car right next to the horse box facing towards him as he drove down and crashed into it. It was terrifying. Certainly must have been if you, your partner and a two-year-old were in the car next to it, if it had hit your car instead of the horse box. Uh, That car passed me up the hill. By the lights, then there was chaos on the street, and he nearly hit me as he was turning back around again to go back down. Um, yes, he was behind me coming up the hill by Aldi and Frommoy. Luckily, I swerved left to avoid him. Believe me, when I tell you, it was crazy stuff. Morning, he hit the horse box and a few other cars as well. Uh, somebody was chasing after him, trying to get him out of the car, and he nearly locked them down with the door. From what I'd seen anyway, that's what it looked like to me. Actually, it was much worse than how it looks in the video. I saw it with my own two eyes. Um, I won't. There's a few texts I can't read out because they could impinge the court case, uh, but somebody is suggesting that in general, whether it's certainly with regards to the carry-on uh, that we see all too often, uh, and Ballyferm is an example, open up Spike Island. Imagine the guards coming to your door and telling them that your mother or your son or your daughter was killed. They should be locked up and have the keys thrown away. Um, it's awful, awful. No one judge, please. We don't know the full story yet. A selection of texts to uh, 0868104106. Nobody's judging. Just reporting on what's happening.
1: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106
2: Cork's Red FM. Just finally on the incident above in it was an incident that went on and on and on for quite some time. The Guardian from Moy are looking for witnesses and you can call the Guard a confidential line on one 800 666 one or any Garda Station. They're appealing for witness to come forward and any road users with video footage, including dash cam, make it available for them. A man in his 20s was arrested at the scene, taken to Femoy Garda Station and will appear in court at some stage today. Text 0868 104 106. Another story that I mentioned at the off this morning was yet another fire um, at the Good Shepherd Convent. and uh, You can be damn sure that this was deliberate. Um, they usually are, aren't they? Um, anyway, let me get to the phone lines on this because many people are rowing in it, including Sinn Fein's uh, Tommy Gould. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, what was what was you called this? What was you called it in the paper this morning? Uh, can't scandal. Find, yeah. And well, they're yeah Yeah, yeah.
5: Neil, like I, I've been talking with you, I'd say about this over ten years. I remember going back uh, one of the first big fires. I think it was. There was a number of fires over the years. Some of them have been bigger than others. But I remember being a site cop to the council going back 2010-2011 looking to build houses on that site. Yeah, but they have permission
2: uh, to build 234 apartments. Like, where are they dragging their feet? Because, Neil, and I, I'm only surmising
5: know that they're going to try to flip the site for a profit, that these are speculators coming in looking to go to the market. And th- that's the whole problem the, the government is allowing these private speculators come in and then they, they go ahead and get planning permission and then they sit on it looking to flip it. What we're saying is that they have planning permission now, oh, they either build on it or Cox City Council can purchase it and build the houses ourselves. Because this site has been empty for decades, decades.
2: Yeah. How long do they have the site? I mean, they've planning permission on it four years. Do they have it longer than that? They do, but Neil, like well, UCC
5: originally got their site to develop a campus there, which we were very supportive. And uh, you probably remember the late Dave McCarthy. Davey was one of the people who, who pushed that. That's right, a long time ago, though. Yes. And then they sold it to uh, speculators. And then they went into, to, into Ulster Bank and it took it over. And then it was bought at a knockdown price. And then they're going to get planning permission. And now they sit on it and they do nothing. <laughs> And, like, the like the people in Blounder Street, if you're on the Street, Neil, and you go up to the back gardens, the, the Good Shepherd's Convent is directly below you. And those people are, are living in fear of fires all the time. Okay. And yeah. you see the photographs there. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, me, well, the, the, roof, the roof is gone now at this stage, and I think Kenneth Collins was saying that all it would take is the wind to blow the other way one night for sparks to reach adjacent properties and people's homes would go up.
5: That's right, that's right. And But Neil, I think Cox City Council enforcement need to take the people who are on that property to court for not securing the site, for allowing this to happen. Uh, like, this isn't the first fire there. There's have to be multiple fires there. And still these speculators, they don't care about people. They don't care about the, the community in Sunday as well and Blarney Street. And, like, Neil, we had the sunset with the Road over the summer. We had St. Kevin's Hospital. St. Kevin's, We've Vita Cortex, we've had Vernon Mount, uh, we've had fires right across all
2: these properties. Yeah, but what are and we the- going to do with those that are doing the burning, though?
5: Well, c- can there's say, need. That's a separate issue. That's
2: a Gardner resources issue. We
5: need Gardner. We well, he need, if there was security there on CCTV, it would either prevent it or would help Gardner in their investigations. But, like, we put it this way the of the pin of the but which the is moment. a
2: bigger issue whether or not they're sitting on it to flip it or as you call it the blagarding of the highest order where you have people going in and burning down buildings
5: well Neil I actually can't remember anyone of ever been going to the prison for any of the fires we mentioned do you
2: no, I think those that burnt down Vernon Mount got a bit of a warning or something. That was as much as I remember. St. Kevin's, never heard any more about it. I mean, people, young fellas or young youngsters were seen running away from the scene at some stage in St. Kevin's, but I don't know of any guard investigation resulting in anybody ending up in court.
5: I, the question that has to be asked is, like, I, I was in the Sunset Ridge on Sunday. Um, I was just out in Killeen's. I was going out to see someone. Like, to see the Sunset Ridge and the condition that it's in, and no one after being uh, brought to court, or no one after being arrested and charged. And, like, we've had this, uh, v the Cortex, we've, we've had so many different sites where these government sites aren't being secured. At the end of the day, the people who own them have a duty of care to the people living around them. And they're being left get away with it, because all these people are interested in making big profits on the backs of people. But
2: you have no proof of that, though, that they're sitting on it to flip it.
5: Well, Neil. So the Sunset Ridge sorry, The sunset ridge is owned and they're supposed to be developed. St. Kevin's Hospital is to be developed. The, the Good Shepherd's Convent is to be developed. Like, meet the cortex. Like, was it how many years ago did they have to go and strike when they were closed <laughs> down? And all of the sites are just left there. Why are they left there? They seem to be a, mag-
2: a magnet then for arsons and thugs. And, and and unfortunately, a lot of the time, those that are doing the burning are too young to prosecute, Right. But, but Neil, at the end of the day, then, right, we need to have a deterrent to stop young people.
5: Like, the vast majority of young people are decent, respectable. But actually, Neil, I was, I was yesterday out getting food last night for my two daughters, right? And I saw three different incidents in between the city centre and the north side of young uh, people uh, being disgraceful. What were they so doing? My, well, my, my two daughters went in to get a uh, Starbucks and these couple of, I was sitting in the car, and these couple of yobbles came up behind them and said, uh, Charles, uh, where are you going? Come over here, we want to talk to you a minute and what have you. So I rolled around the window and said, are you okay? And uh, they told me then where to go. So I got out of the car and they ran off. About ten minutes later, we were in a fast food chain, and t- three uncles started fighting, and another guy was videotaping them. They were up on top of the tables in the fast food restaurant, and I had to get up. While I was waiting for mine and tell them to stop. Right? And then as we walked out the door, there was another four or five boys fighting in the car park. No. Any security there, incidentally? No, no security.
2: Neil, this was
5: seven o'clock last night. This isn't two o'clock in the morning. There seems to be a nullitude out there. We see it in Dublin. We're seeing it on the place now. Uh, Young fellas did. Uh, I don't know this TikTok or Instagram or Yeah, because it's
2: interesting you say the two are fighting and the third one is filming it. Yeah, yeah. So,
5: like, uh, like we're going to have to get into schools. We're going to have to get the parents, right? Because I believe the vast majority of people are good people. I've been hearing, hearing that for
2: decades, to- man. I've been hearing that about getting into the schools and getting the parents to, to big up and take responsibility. And it just gets worse.
5: But all those projects were cut all them projects were cut between 2008 and 2012 and like I, I was up in uh, Ballyfermot there a few weeks ago uh, meeting groups up there as part of my portfolio and uh, uh, cuts to youth clubs cuts, cuts to um, uh, groups with young people and horses and bikes like one of the things we why, are you, there, why are you
2: wasting Northside time in Ballyfermot when you represent the Northside of Cork?
5: Well, my, my portfolio is addiction recovery and well-being, so I actually meet groups from all over the country in relation to it. You know, so it's... Um, and, and there's a load of great... Do what you visit do you any go- groups
2: in Cork at the same time you did?
5: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I've met with dozens of group meetings. But I've actually produced three policies, and I'm in the middle of my fourth policy now about dealing with families, with people in addiction and recovery, because a lot of families... We're looking at the... Like a lot of people, when they look at addiction, they just look at the individual and not the consequences for the way family and the trauma that they go through. So I've met with dozens of work So can know, all know the that.
2: antisocial behaviour and all the incidents we're hearing be put down to mental health issues and addiction? Um, is that a kind no. of a catch-all that we use now?
5: No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. It's a very complex issue, Neil, right? But the one thing I would say is... If these sites had been secured by the people who owned them, and if there was security and CCTV, like, Neil, you know yourself, you can have CCTVs with the voice monitors, where there's a guy in an office, he can be monitoring all these sites. If there's young fellas come on and they do the, food, do the food, they can call up and say stop, and if they don't, they can notify the garbage. None of that is in place. Like, these, these sites are what millions need. They're what millions of euros and these people are just
2: sitting at them and they'll give So it will that home. site now be worth more than when they bought it now?
5: Oh yes, yeah, of course it is well, So you, you look today uh, house prices in Cork are up 8% dollar this yeah. year alone Yeah like, So like what we're looking at now is that, that, that site could
2: be worth uh, Buy it, sit now. on it, flip it is what you've said this morning yeah. Buy it, sit and on it, flip it
5: and this shouldn't be alone. They need... you are interviewing people every week about housing crisis, homeless crisis, families can't get... 290,000
2: adults on, slow, on sofas staying with parents or staying with friends. That's the figure, apparently.
5: And then we have about... We have... Do you know we have 7,000 vacant properties in Cork City and County? We can actually clear the housing list in two or three years if they went after these people, the landlords, the landholders, the speculators... Actually, it was funny. A yeah. few weeks ago, a guy, a guy said to me, uh, "You're an awful bags." And I said, "Why is that?" Bags. He said, "Well, he used a different one. <laughs> it's it's more radio." So, okay. I, I said, "Why is that?" He said, "You got my uh, one of my property's put in the General sites Register. I know I have to pay fees." And I said, "That ah, yeah, I did. Yes." I said the property was empty top years, but because we got that site and the down sites Register he's no turning into a three bedroom apartment and a two bedroom apartment.
2: Well you forced him but why did you not ask him why was it derelict for so long?
5: Well he was saying he didn't have the funding that he didn't have the money to do it up. And that's so that's our thing is the government should be given uh, loans and grants Like 7,000 houses in Cork we could clear the housing crisis in Cox City. Yeah, and that's, that's great, up, that's
2: great, he, that's great in opposition, actually, that's great. I see the Housing yeah. Minister, Darrow O'Brien, this morning calls your um, your your policies within Sinn Féin, faulty towers economics.
5: Yeah, but this is from the man no, who took two years to produce a housing report. Like, you must remember, he, the government will appear two years before they actually got up the report. I need Simon Covde was the Minister for Housing years ago. He was in Cox City Council. We gave all these to Simon when he was the Minister. We gave them to uh, Minister Murphy. We're, we're after explaining how to solve the crisis. We, where I'm living at the moment, the people are There are three houses with no one in them because the people who own the houses are the nuts and guns, Right? And At the moment, they're looking for 40%. The see are looking for 40% of the rental income. It's not what people's mind rent them out. What we are saying is rent they rent them for free, the person in the nursing home gets the money then towards their nursing home stay and they'll also have an income and we can take a family we can put a family into a home. Okay. These are homes. now that a perfect week. Okay. That we can put families in there today.
2: What are you expecting from them tomorrow then, with regards to cost of living and families and businesses and tax issues and transportation, housing?
5: Well, what we need, like, there's a lot of talk though at the moment, but we will know to the detail tomorrow. And I hope if, you're, if you need to get me on Wednesday, I'll be available. But what we're saying is we see, tens of, we see thousands of people on the street in Dublin, same across the week before. People are really huffing me. They're, they're, people are really worried. They're scared. They're looking at the winter. They're looking at Christmas. And people are saying, how are they going to get through this winter? What we're saying is if we tap energy prices, at least people will know then so that's not
2: going to happen anyway you know that and I know that that's not on the table what will be on the table is three 200 euro installments for the rest of this year and into next year that's it
5: Needless not enough there are eight other European countries last week alone Holland and Denmark came on board with price caps Austria there's eight other European countries doing this we're not just saying this Like, sometimes people might criticize us about our policies. We are looking at what other European countries are doing, and we're trying to get the best thing because, me, people can pay their bills. And the people I really worried about is those people uh, who pay direct, you know, that they buy it in the shop and they put it into the meter when they go home. Mm. If they don't have a price cap, the the, the 200 euros, once that's the 200 euros, is done each two, every two months or every month. There'll be families families in darkness this
2: winter. And what was the cap? What did you want it
5: capped on? We wanted it capped at 2021 levels.
2: At least people before the crisis. Okay, uh, pre-crisis energy costs. Okay, okay. All right. That's not going to happen, though. So you've you've lost that one. All you can do is criticise them because it will be three instalments, full stop. But it might be an idea to come back on Wednesday after... Uh, The budget tomorrow and see what you make of it. Because right now it's just leaks. But they do yeah, seem to be yeah. fairly accurate. So might have an opportunity to chat with you then. All right, Tommy. Thanks for taking hi, the call hi. for now. Sinn Féin's, uh, Tommy Gould. So, an energy rebate will be paid in three installments of 200. This is in the examiner this morning. They kind of just break it all down. Uh, I mentioned already a double payment of child benefit before Christmas. That'll cost the Exchequer 180 million euro. There'll be a one off cost of living payment in October for social welfare support. There'll be the annual Christmas bonus, and that'll cost. And those payments will cost an additional 300 million. So that's like half a billion straight away in different payments for people on social welfare between now and Christmas. And the 200 euro three times a year, that's what they're talking about. That and lots more besides. Text 868
1: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818 104 106. Red
2: FM. One part of the budget, actually, tomorrow will be a package that they say will be worth tens of millions of euro. Again, I'm reading from this morning's examiner for school transport, which will allow the Department of Education to prioritize late eligible children. And those on concession tickets, late eligible children is almost implying that it was the parents' fault that they didn't get their applications in on time now that it's free. Uh, They're talking about that. Uh, There are a lot of other issues involving family that's expected for tomorrow, including the reduction in pupil-teacher ratios to 23 to 1. Um, and it will even be lower than that in Desh schools, that for every teacher in a classroom, there'll be no more than 23 students. You know what? Um, I can remember way back when the average was 37, 38, perhaps 39 per class. So they've really hammered that one down, no matter what way you look at it. Uh, mind you, there's far from enough teachers, like there is far from enough doctors or nurses and what have you. But an example, actually, of the whole issue involving buses. Michael, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, You have yeah. a son and a daughter, um, both of them sadly with severe special needs and they need that's a lot correct. of services, but um, it's it's the issue involving uh, bus and school transportation, isn't
6: it? Yeah, it is. Well, look, we spent the last two years kind of just constantly lobbying people to get them into schools um, that are suitable and that's nowhere near done yet. I, uh, my daughter has been lucky enough to get into the new ETBS school in Carrigaline, okay. Um, so one in
2: Carrigaline and the other and another in Charleville, I believe, is it? Charleville, that's correct, yes. right. yeah. Right, okay.
6: Charleville is only a temporary me- measure, again, because this is a third school in
2: three years. What so talk to me about school. the commutes, then.
6: Well, the commute is, it's 220 kilometres a day.
2: Oh, for God's sake, man. Mm. Really? 220
6: kilometres a day. 220? Yeah, it's... it's uh, <laughs> It's, um, from Cantorcan in the mornings, um, and that's why I suppose it roiled me this morning. Was can't talk, when, to yeah, can't talk to Carrigaline. Yeah, talk to Carrigaline. yes, yeah, yeah. In the car? Yeah. In the, in the car, yes, okay. yeah.
2: Okay.
6: You know, um, I collect the kids at the, the roundabout in Mallow, and when we didn't the this morning, there a place down there that opened last year, the Dutch up a big pub that was supposed to be the next big thing. Um, it opened for less than 12 months, and, um... I'm not racist by any means But I suppose it's our government I suppose I'm trying to get it I went in there this morning And to collect my little girl um, It's just a handy drop off point And um, all the kids inside are They're going to local schools And there's a bus There's a bus laid on for them I'm bringing my child Collecting her every morning From there Going to Caligline Coming back out Going back down to Caligline Again in the evening Coming back up It's 140 from Mallow And another they 80 kilometres Twice then from um, Cantor So, so what twenty
2: kilometres a day So what's your time drive then When you add it up in hours?
6: It's uh, four hours, 15 minutes. Every day? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's not can't talk kind of as well. So it's five hours, yeah.
2: So you're, you're hours, passing then. the Dutch Tulip and you see coaches there?
6: Uh, coach there for the kids
2: every morning to the local schools, yeah.
6: Okay. Suited and booted, you know. And um, then getting told to get on to my local representatives. My local representatives have done nothing to me for the last two years. You know, my small little man is seven, he's non-verbal and he's in the third school in three years and they still don't have a suitable school for him. You know, you know he's on the he's on, he was he was diagnosed when he was two and a half. My daughter was diagnosed when she was three. We have been told for the last nine years that there's a place coming up at the Holy Family School for my daughter. it's, right. it's not coming. You know,
2: uh, um, are you working, man?
6: Um, I can't work. No, demon because of it. You know, just, you was
2: just cause I was because I was going to ask you if you were a working man, you wouldn't be working by day anyway.
6: Yeah, I can't do it. Can't do it right now again. You know, It's have to stop completely. You know stopping completely and up and down the road for four and a half hours. How much is it day? costing
2: you? That's nearly 23 hours a week in fuel. Yeah, about
6: 150 in diesel. I suppose nearly 30 a day, like 25, 30 a day,
2: yeah. Good God. I mean, mm. and and your text says it's heartbreaking to see us struggling to try and get transport for our own kids. We see so much laid on for others.
6: We do. We Does it, do it make so, you angry, so though? Of course, it makes me angry, but it's making me more angry because I suppose I'm educated enough to know that it's not that to be controlled in the conditions that they are in. But it's it's the government that give us, you know. It's 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 crazy. Like we're we're Irish citizens, and I think it's challenging begins at home, you know. And, it's, it's, and I know it's an old cliche, but it's 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 not. It's not, you know. It's um, it's it's irritating. It's crazy, you know. And not to still have a school like we were told this year that my smartphone there was a place in Killarney for him, for September Killarney.
2: And then, you know, the who's responsibility? maybe it's the I don't know maybe it is a parent's responsibility to get the child from Cantork to Killarney no? It,
6: it, it is, but the, the thing is Neil, I suppose one thing I always say is that if you have a child and I hate using the word normal functioning child because we're all normal in, in one sense or another but a normal functioning child if you don't send your child to school you'll be prosecuted under the court in this, in this country but if you have a child with special needs and you don't send them to school nobody gives a I'll show you right after. Nobody will come ratchets.
2: calling asking you why. Nobody
6: comes calling. Why aren't you doing it? What are you doing? What programs are you doing them? Well, nobody asks. Nobody wants to know, you know, because I suppose there are kids in a, in a broader scale, uh, scale of things that maybe they don't pay into the tax bracket, and that's not being pessimistic, you know, but a lot of these special needs kids, you know, really care throughout their lives, so they're constantly what you call a drain and, and the government's funds and. But it's not the child's fault, it's not the family's fault. You that know, that, you know, that nobody would
2: be overly anxious to help because
7: it no, would cost no, no, too no, much.
6: No. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. If you do the sums and then you look at the special needs and look at the transports and stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a, oh, it's a, it's a gimmick what's going on, you know. And the bus is giving to us all the wrong places, you know, people three and four miles from school and they're able to get picked up every morning and drop to school and bought back because they're two miles outside of the zone.
2: But one of the problems with the free bus now has been the fact that many people who never used it before because it is free are using it and it's kicked off an awful lot of kids who did need it, used to pay for it and now can't get it. Do you follow that? Exactly.
6: Exactly, I do, yes. I do follow it. yeah. It's, uh, like, we're getting to the stage here that, like, Sophie, is, she's, my, my daughter is, is verbal to an extent. She looks forward to going to school and stuff. I suppose this school is to teach her life skills going forward, you know, just up to the age of 18. She'll be there, please, God. And it's um, it's getting to the stage where you're not going, I can't do it every day. And, you know, it's not that I don't want to do it. Of course I don't want to do it, but you do the best for your children But I thought
2: you so, would so. ideally have got a taxi with an assistant in the taxi and the taxi driver, no?
6: We're sure we can't even get that, you know. We can't get we can't get answers off bossy of not, you know. I've been told, you know, this morning just to go back to local representative again, but Jesus you know, which one is gonna get us, you know, and I'm, I'm crying for help here. It's because um the child's gonna go to school very shortly because it's not it's sustainable.
2: It's, it's not, not sustainable. It's, no, it's not.
6: It's not no. and you know the children should be together, you know, they've been together for the start, you know, and, and and to be separated like this because there's not places they like he's in the school in Charlie, right alongside the school where he's supposed to be, but it's not it's not sufficient to his needs. It's it's just a talking gesture, you know, while you are trying to figure something out, you know.
2: I know, I but
6: know. I'm sure that anybody coming in here has <laughs> they've had all the talking gestures in the world, and we haven't, you know. I don't want to get. You're, the,
2: you're the back topic. to the yeah. Ukrainians at the Dutch mm-hmm. tulip, getting onto the coast. I am, I am. I oh, mean, okay. if
6: you're quite angry, you know, it's it's crazy. It's just to see. I mean, if I took a video of it this morning, the kids are all smiling, and so so they should be smiling. So they should go to school and educate, get an education. But so should my child. True. I used to be greedy True. for my child. You know? Yeah. So, so should yours. Yeah.
2: Man, Nobody can argue process. with that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Listen, Michael Sorry okay. for your troubles, my man. I hope things yeah, and improve.
6: if anybody wants to give to, to give my number, then give my number, and you know, take it up. If the, someone has, the, I suppose, has the, the goodies to take it up, because people just want to, just want to hide. You know, do not want to do the footwork? You know, give, give me someone that does, please, and you know, we'll support them all the way in it, Okay,
2: you know? to stay in touch. Thanks, Michael. Text eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on zero eight one eight one zero four one zero six. They are talking in tomorrow's budget as well of a childcare scheme that will aim to have creche fees. Over the next two budgets, and where do they start with the two hundred euro reduction this year? I suppose it 's a start, if nothing else then there 's the whole idea of free school books for every primary school child uh, from next year, and I also mentioned the reduction in pupil teacher ratios so we 're talking about tens of millions for all of that. Uh, a lot of it then in, in other areas then has a look at taxation and what have you tomorrow. Uh, and one of the ways that they're going to maybe tweak it a little bit and it'll be worth small amounts of money uh, to the working man I don't think any budget really is a working person's budget to be honest but, but you know, you'll have a little bit more to earn before you go into the 40% tax bracket that won't kick in until you hit 40,000 euro uh, stuff like that but unfortunately uh, if you thought that there was going to be a change to the universal social charge think again because that won't Talk to Neil Prenderville
1: now, 818
2: Cork's Red FM. Uh, another news, uh, catching up on some texts from the back end of last week, I want to have you. Lots on petrol prices, you're seeing 169 now, 168, even 167 if you're shopping around for petrol. People on diesel are still getting a bad hammering. Um, but one of the things I was saying is, why is it way up the country? Petrol was for a long, long time much cheaper than Cork. When Whitegate refinery was sending all the petrol all over the country, somebody says, You're wrong. Whitegate only supplies about 30 to 40% of the country's fuel, and they definitely don't supply places like Mayo that you were talking about. Whitegate supplies Munster and a little bit further. The rest of the fuel around the country is imported. Meanwhile, on the value people can get as to whether you holiday here, have a weekend here, you'd be an awful lot better off going off uh, to Spain for a week. We got a great deal going to the Grand Canaria in early December. We fly from Cork, seven nights, all inclusive, all our meals, all our bags, all our transport included, 540 euro each. And before you ask, all our drink and all our food is included. Isn't that incredible? That's flights, accommodation, bags, transfers, food, drink, everything. Like technically, you'd only need pocket change in your pocket. Um, Somebody listening in Spain then, Mike says, I just got my electricity bill here in Spain. ...for one month, including air conditioning. Uh, This year, €296. Last year, 107 So that tells me an awful lot, including the fact that um, it's much dearer year on year, even in Spain. Just listening about hotels and prices, we're going to Alcudia, Spain, in three weeks' time. Flights, hotel, half-board, all of our transfers, €550 each. For anyone interested, the hotel is Group Hotel Maritimo... And I have been there before. You'll not read a bad review. It's a fantastic hotel. That's amazing. So that's for an entire week. Flights, hotel, half-board, transfers to and from the airport, 550 each. You'd you'd pay that for a decent hotel in Ireland for a long weekend, wouldn't you? Or A weekend including breakfast and dinner. You really would. Um, I live in the Oliver Bond complex, a flat complex in Dublin's south inner city. It's not too far from Ballyfermot you've been talking about. This is the level of drug dealing that goes on on a daily basis here, what you're hearing about in Cork. Funny thing is Dublin city headquarters are a stone's throwaway. Can't come on air as it would be very dangerous for myself to speak on this topic as we are residents here. But yes, it, that area is a queue of drug users buying crack cocaine and heroin. Don't give up my details. And that's a, a, a complex of flats where he lives not too far from um, um In relation to last week's conversation about a man who was found guilty of assault in a public, in a, a, a shopping mall car park, I think it was in Wilton. Uh, because he um, filmed a woman who was trying to park a car and she came over and there was a set to. He was found guilty of assault. In relation to the discussion on the assault between the man and the woman in Wilton, there's one aspect of this incident that was not looked at and that is the Garda vetting process. If you are found guilty of assault, like that man was, or even if there's a court case pending, you can lose your job because of it. Even if you are found not guilty of any crime. If you look at the Q&A for the vetting process, like... If that man is found guilty of an assault, and he has been, and say he's working with vulnerable adults or children, he'll be out of work. Would be interesting if you get some legal advice on this. This, as I've never heard this discussed, and I think a lot of people do not realise how serious it is to be found guilty of assault. Yeah, I, I think not just whether or not you work with vulnerable adults or children, but um, if you were applying for a job and it was on, and was found out, or they checked social media. And they were interviewing you, you probably wouldn't get the job. And if you're guilty of assault, and it's a criminal offence like this one, you also would have your wings clipped as to where you could fly and where you could go to. Um, one final one then. Listening to your paper review last week regarding bogus or infl- inflated sh- insurance claims, I certainly would welcome the opportunity to have Gardi investigate these types of bogus claims, as they are generally the first on the scene. Gardie. Let me tell you my own circumstances. It goes back about four years. I was on my way home from work trying to get onto a main road in a busy rush hour traffic when the car in front of me stopped without any warning. The accident was my fault. I put my hands up straight away as I tipped the back of this person's car. Tipped, I say. The Gardie left us to sort out the damages ourselves. The person involved accepted this and I went through my insurance as the cost of repair was more than I could afford at the time. Um, After the insurance made their vehicle right six months later, um, the individual put in a claim for whiplash. I regularly saw this person dragging large bags of shopping and even relaxing with their feet up in the local bookies. No sign of whiplash. I contacted my insurance company to advise them, and I expected them to investigate this person, you know, dragging large bags of shopping, feet up at the bookies. But weeks later, a settlement was made for almost 100,000 euro for a little tip during rush hour traffic. I know that I've learned my lesson. Don't ever admit liability, people. Don't give them my details or area for fear this person will bring another claim against me. Uh, for a small tip... Uh, €100,000 and settled out of court.
8: I'm Lano O'Connor. Red FM News is first
9: for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
1: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Prindiville show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red
2: FM. And listen, in good news, it's Monday morning, which means that we've got another big box of donuts to give away sometime between now and midday. Um, not necessarily for people in the workplace only, but it could also be to share at home, courtesy of ourselves and offbeat donuts. Uh, Their new store opened recently on French Church Street. So it's a big box of donuts. Could be 12 or up to maybe up to 15. uh, And we'll get them delivered to you, your friends at work, or indeed all of the family. So uh, that's the deal on that. Again, based on um, the best weekend story. The best weekend story. So text on that 0868104106 with regards to what you got up to. Um, emailer says, um, Jenny, I'm 29 weeks pregnant, living with basically no electricity. I, it works for maybe two hours each day if I'm lucky, which the council are very aware of. Uh, here's the deal here, though. I'm a young adult living with my partner, 29 weeks pregnant, in a caravan. As renting a property is more of a fantasy than a reality at this stage. The council has been ignoring me for weeks at a time. or when I do get in contact, I'm given nothing but false hopes. We'll send an engineer to fix it and being ignored and ignored. I've had officials contact certain units in the council on my behalf and they also are ignored. I can't keep living like this, paying stupid amounts of money each week for electricity that doesn't even work. I can't do food shopping because it's gone off by the next day. I can't wash or dry clothes. I can't even wash myself as the hot water runs off, runs out. I have no choice but to depend on my in-laws for meals or to wash ourselves and our clothing. What I'm meant to do when my baby is born. How will I make bottles? How will I keep the caravan warm? Perhaps people might have some advice, says Jenny, living in a caravan. All too often, of course, now we have stories of people in caravans and indeed in tents and 290,000 couchsurfing, staying with friends or back home with Mam and dad back to the phone lines we go Ashlyn, good morning good morning thanks for holding on I do appreciate it this is another child related story regarding school am I right
10: that's right Chet. Okay, what can you tell us uh, when my daughter goes to school on the north side we live here on the south side ourselves and since the start of September she's had no transport
2: how would she normally have had it in recent years
10: uh, well, she's been going to, to the school since 2018, and well, like, to, to be honest, there's always been hiccup with our transport every term, one way or the other, but I think this is the worst of it now.
2: Would it normally um, have been taxi with, um, with, uh, with an assistant? It
10: would have been a, a taxi company in a bus, and they would have um, collected her and dropped her every day. With other um, kids then? With, with other kids, but it's between eight to ten kids on the
2: bus and two escorts. Okay, so why did she lose a place then on a bus?
10: No, the the bus was just taken off the route, and um, we're not sure why. Um, so you had been, ten
2: special needs kids provided with the minibus, then all yeah. of a sudden it just disappeared? Yeah. And all of the families um, were told, paddle your own canoe, is it?
10: Basically, yeah. Basically. Um, no, we have. And in fairness, to the principal has been trying. And contacting Bus Aaron. We've been contacting Busaran. We've been already been told that they can't get another driver. And now the uh, principal is advising us, advising the parents that we should start applying for the uh, for the grant. So to, we we don't know how long more this is going on for. But the, what would the, the grant
2: do? That would just give you money towards the transport yourself, would it?
10: Basically, it's um, I suppose it's there for parents who aren't. That, see, it depends on the catchment area.
2: But isn't that um, the I thing? You get x amount of you get you get yeah. so many cent per kilometer, isn't it?
10: Basically, yeah. and then it's up to the school to fill in the absence form. You, you, you. Um, I think from what I okay. understand. You're supposed to uh, get it every every half term, I think.
2: Yeah. Here's what taxi um, drivers are telling me: more and more taxi yeah. drivers are not tendering for the work anymore because it's yes, not paying that's them. That's what I'm hearing. It's
10: yeah, not paying them. That's what I'm
2: hearing. hearing well. So yeah, it's yeah. it's bus Aaron are tearing their hair out. They can't get taxi drivers to take the tenders and the contracts anymore.
10: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah? yeah. So how do you how do you juggle it in the morning and in the evening?
10: Uh, well. I don't drive myself. My husband, I suppose we're in an area now where he can work from home, but he has to take two hours at least out of his working day to drop her and collect her from school, and he has to make up his time outside of that.
2: So it's an hour each and way, because and, it's peak traffic, of basically, course. Yeah,
10: and it's stressful. Yeah. I, I can see, I can see uh, the stress coming upon him now. This has been going on for a month. We, we didn't think it would go on for this long.
2: How does it make you feel?
10: I'm just very annoyed. I'm very annoyed. Um, like, everybody's going on about the kids who've lost their tickets. I mean, that's fine. But, like, these are special needs kids. We're told they have to go to this school in this area because it meets their needs. Mm. But, yes, they, they see it fit to take... The transport provider for them. That, they're in type two, that they are entitled to. That they had. It. Yeah. 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 Without without explanation, without warning. Do you know?
2: It's another example of hitting the most vulnerable, isn't it?
10: Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm just like hearing your last caller on earlier. Like that's just heartbreaking. Like I thought we had a tough, but that's tough. And the thing is, they're they're not listening to us.
2: You're driving four and a half hours a day. Yeah. It's insane. That's
10: ridiculous. That's ridiculous.
2: Costing a hundred, f- I don't know, twenty or hundred and thirty or something euro a week in diesel.
10: Yeah, and, and at a time when the cost of fuel is is going up.
2: He says he sees coaches you know? then picking up refugees' yeah. children and ferrying them. To do, I mean, does that bother you?
10: And, do you know what? You you hear a lot of bitterness amongst people, but then, um, I suppose, in the government, they they do things like this. You can't help but be cynical and bitter about it. And that's not right either. Do
2: I know you what you're saying. It gives people an opportunity to vent because of the policies yes. of government where they yes. prioritise some and not others. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. yeah.
10: And, and you just get this impression out of the state that they don't care. And I'm hearing stuff about the budget and all this. And it's like, I don't care. I just want to see my daughter... Get what she's entitled to.
2: I know. So you just need to keep on banging the door and ringing bus and yeah. constantly.
10: But like, you, you wonder is, is, it a, is it as tough as it is to get a driver? Like, how long more can this go on for? Like, I was speaking with the principal via the phone last week and I said this could go on till Christmas and she
2: said it won't be that bad.
10: But I'm I'm, get, I'm you know, as more, as the weeks go on now, I'm beginning to, to doubt.
2: Yeah, I would encourage other people who find themselves in a similar situation where they had transport in previous years yeah. to get in touch, just like you, just to get a figure yeah, on yeah. You know, how how big a problem
10: it is. Yeah, we're not hearing much. We're hearing more of. No, I I feel sorry for those for those parents too whose kids lost their tickets and they had them all the time, but our kids have lost their transport that they were entitled to. Okay. And nobody is discussing us. All right.
2: Thanks, Ashling. Stay in touch. Text 868 104 if you find yourself. Actually, a very interesting email from a Ukrainian woman who wants to robot some of the arguments that people make. I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. But um, we've talked in the past about Fairfield stores, also commonly known as, fondly known as, as bills in the past. And many people had kind things to say about the shop. Uh, And we dealt with it on and off over the years. Always very good stories, you know, being part of the community. Well, apparently it's going to close for business. Not an easy decision, they say, but they feel this is the right time for them to move on to a new chapter in their lives. And they wanted to thank all of the customers and the past staff and the present staff and all of the wonderful customers over the last 18 years. But I was curious as to know why. And Bill's wife, Hilary, joins me by phone. Hilary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. Sad time for you. Why why close?
8: Why close? Well, it was a very hard decision, and it was a decision coming for a long while, but, you know, we've given just under two decades now in Farnery. Yeah. And... There's never a right time, to be honest, because we don't have customers at all. We have friends, acquaintances, people that love us, and we love them. And it has been a fantastic 18 years without... We've never had a crossword with anybody, and we are so well-respected, and we give that back in abundance. But we just decided we have a little boy, and he's approaching 13, and he wants Dad to bring him to school, and Dad to collect him from school, and Dad to be there for this and that. So we just said... Um, after a bit of diligence that we said it's time to go it's time to put family first now because life is so precious and you don't realise it the days are long but the years are very very Did Covid
2: make you think differently that two years of of, uh, you know restrictions and revaluing your life and stuff? Uh,
8: In a way what Covid taught us especially was life is precious family is imperative in people's lives and that's the way it should be and helping each other as human beings is what's more important covid showed us that things can change in a heartbeat people can be taken your loved ones overnight and a bit of kindness and a a bit of help it might seem nothing but it's huge to others
2: yeah well the hour is very long hillary
8: Unbelievable. For a small shop, you wouldn't realise the hours that go into it. Bill leaves home every morning. The alarm goes off. That's one thing I won't miss. The alarm goes off at quarter past five. He jumps out at twenty to six. He's gone out the door at ten past six. He's above for ten to seven. And we don't see him five nights a week till ten
2: o'clock. Oh, my God almighty. That's the longest day I've ever heard of.
8: But it flies because you have different customer is friends at different times and they all know when he's there because his van is parked in the same place and the kids know after school they're going to build for a treat and the kids know on the weekends they're going up for their munchies for the weekend and you know it's it's lovely trends and we've set lovely we've had lovely times and it's very very sad in a way for us it's a new beginning and a big big change so if we didn't do it now I think we'd be there to retirement age and, you know, I think, I, I don't think anybody would, would begrudge us to leave us go out on our own terms, number one, because people are saying, is it the cost of the economy? Yeah,
2: I was it the- asking you, has it to do with energy costs and things like that?
8: Well, of course, of course they matter. And of course, not just for us, but for everybody around us, they're going to be big changes. But no, it was our choice. And I'm glad it was our choice, you know, before things got any harder. So, no, we chose, we decided ourselves, it came very fast in the end of the decision. The three of us, Bill, myself, and Sam, our world, and we just said, you know, it's now or never, and, you know, it's very funny because I love tennis, and we're going out the same time as Roger Federer. So, <laughs> it's bad.
2: Oh my God, I was crying on Friday night. Uh, but would you believe it? I was crying watching the TV. I, mean, I, never I, thought, w- I never thought I would.
8: I know, but you know what? If you see two people, I'm going off track now, but you see two billionaires. Sit down and hold each other's hand. See, Rafael is my man, and to hold <laughs> each other's hand in sympathy of each other, that to me is not just sports, that's humanitarian. It
2: was so moving, wasn't it?
8: For the fact yeah. that we're going, Merkel was the woman behind Roger, I'm the woman behind Bill, so the time is right to go now. And um, can I just say.
2: But what, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know you want to do your thanks and, and things like that, but will Definitely. you sell it as a going concern or what? Do you mind me asking?
8: We would never go without taking the people of Fernry and the wider community into account. So, of course, there will be a local shop going. Um, it will be a very easy, fast transition. Yeah. Um. There are lovely people and they will be looked after just as well. Um, you know yourself, you know, people are very good and everything. But unfortunately, in life as a whole, you're just a number passing through and you're trying to make the best of it, you know. And they will be up and going very, very fast again. And it will be great for everybody. And you know, sometimes new
2: is good. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it was, I've never been there, but this is a kind of an anchor to a an needle shop. Do you sell everything kind of thing?
8: We do. What we say is like we kind of have a small... Um, Whole store insider. He does. He has everything in the space that we have. And if somebody is looking for something, then that he doesn't have, uh, they said to me last night, he'd have it within an hour. He's very good. He's very, very good to the, in general for giving people what they need. And Isn't what? it
2: great to have a shop in the community that's open till yeah, like absolutely. 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night? I don't remember.
8: want to know what people were saying last night because people, I have to say, it's lovely. People are so upset and sad. But like people were saying to him last night now, children of 18, 19, adults now, but Bill, you saw me grow up. I'm coming here since I was a baby. And, and like. Uh, you know we have children that came into us as children and they're coming in now with their children I know yeah. and it's no generations going through it's lovely so it'll be fine it'll be fine altogether. together it, it'll be um, it'll be very sad in a way but there will be a shop there again very very soon as I say a simple transition and um, they'll, there will still be a shop there so nobody will be left without anything it'll be grand
2: I know I know and you'll have a well earned rest for a while undoubtedly
8: my gosh I can't even think about that we will yeah, imagine. We won't know what to do for ourselves, but I'm sure, look, we'll find the time. My own dream is to get to Wimbledon, and I'm getting there next year because I think Rath is on his way out as well. Um, in my mind, I think his retirement will be coming next, so I said that's my...
2: Ah, uh, you need to go. Will you be able to get a couple of tickets? I don't know, will I? <laughs> there's, a ball- there's a ballot every year in November, right, where you can apply online. Okay. Yeah. you you probably you, you, you might get a kick in a stampede faster because uh they're well, I don't even think that's the right adage. You you oh. wouldn't you probably have a snowball's chance in hell of getting them. But they're the free tickets, you know. Yes. Um yeah. I, I don't know whether or not anybody ever gets them in this part of the world, but other than that you'd have to buy them. Yes. You know. I know.
8: As I say, that's a dream and that will be fulfilled too down the road. But what's more important at the moment for me now really is, and can I just say it, and I hope people are listening. I know people are listening to your show, but I hope people will hear me. And my message simply is, on behalf of Bill, myself and Sam, we can't thank you enough, everybody in the community of Farnry and the wider area, for your loyalty, your friendship, your support and your dedication. Ye have been wonderful. We will always have a special place in our heart for Farnery. Sorry, guys, you can hear. I
2: uh, no, I mean, it's an emotional time because you're saying oh, your forgetting. farewells. Yeah, yeah. When, when, will you, when will you close? The 7th, is it?
8: Oh, we're closing October the 7th. Um, but you know yourself, there's a lot to be done and organised and that. So um, that's have the a, date. So um, ha- we'll plough away from there then?
2: Have a party, I suppose, yeah? On the 7th. Oh
8: about that now, but do you know what? We're tenora very,
2: and chester cake for everybody.
8: <laughs> I know you guys getting the gap. We're very unassuming people, you know. We just like to tip away quietly ourselves, so we don't like fuss. Um, <laughs> but you look, as I say, we were very, we were one of the lucky ones. We had uh, well, fantastic. you were
2: very kind to people in all those years, and you never turned a customer out. I'm told, even people who, uh, oh no,
8: uh, and we uh, never would. That no. was the mantra we found We'd Anybody the, we could, yeah, and you know, we were like, we were shocked we were like a community centre and we were like a youth centre because parents would say, Bill, did you see my, my, my person, X, Y and Z, he was supposed to be here at seven, was he in? Bill, did you see this person? He was coming straight home from school. It was very funny. That's and, right. Um, and right. they would always tell the truth, you know? And they would send him, Bill, you told. I did. That's,
2: <laughs> That's right, but also looked out for people who you hadn't seen in a few days and checked in on them.
8: Oh, he did. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and- I heard that many times.
8: He's a very, very, very special few women in his life in their 80s, fabulous ladies that he goes over to every day with their their bits, whatever they want to yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Um, but you look... Well, listen,
2: great. you may be thanking people for their friendship, support and loyalty, but many people would want to thank you as well for the, your years of service, so have you it. deserve a rest.
8: Look, we tried our best. All right, that's all good. we could do. We tried right. our best uh, until we got tired, and we're tired now, and I, I think... Know. Nobody would, nobody would begrudge us a bit of time for ourselves. Not I at don't.
2: all. Family comes first, no. Hillary. Regards to you and to Bill and to Sam. And good luck with the Wimbledon tickets.
8: Oh, thank you so much. Right. The very best of luck, and thank you very much for everything. And I really appreciate the
2: call. All right, girl. Mind yourself. Take you care. Too. Thank you too. Right.
8: You very much. Goodbye
2: okay. now. Well, the shop will continue. New owners, and uh, it's goodbye to Bill and Hillary. Uh, on Friday, 7th of October. Back after the break. Just staying with, um, you know, the retail settings. I want to go down to Glownton next.
1: Get it off your chest.
2: Call Neil Brenderville now on
1: 0818 Red FM.
2: Okay, to the phone lines we go. Kerry O'Neill is the owner of Fitzpatrick's Food Store down in Glownton. Great deli, great takeout, all sorts of stuff like that. Kerry, good morning. Um, good morning, Neil. Uh, How are you? I'm good, thanks. Your your board gosh energy bill is for electric, right?
11: Yes, and the yes, one that, there's, two,
2: there's two of them. One is the. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The May June bill was eleven thousand five hundred and ninety five, and your August September bill then came in at twenty nine thousand one hundred and fifty three. Is that right?
9: Yeah. So um, the actually the May June one was the eleven five nine five. Yeah. Um, last year, Neil. I don't know why. I think it was because we just went into the new premises. I. I locked in our contract prices, kind of not knowing what would be, you know, going on, but it was more because we were in a bigger shop. And um, in this April, when our kind of, you know, the people that checked the rates who came back to us, um, she, the best rate she could come back with jumped from 18 cent a unit to 46. And we locked in in April for that. And the last bill obviously was the 11.595 5, and then the new rates hit in in July. So I got. Oh, it's this clearly it's
2: time. clearly new rates. It's not as if you burned more electricity.
9: Oh God, no, no, no! no. Like no. same, same. I mean, it's the summer time, so the consumption's pretty similar, and our opening hours are the same, and everything really is the same. Um, it's purely down to the rate.
2: So it's tripled almost.
9: Yeah, two and a half times. Yeah, and I actually this was obviously I knew this was coming. You know, I we we've, we've been talking about this since April, and you know, in in my own mind, I'm like, yeah, that's two and a half, but. Until I actually saw the bill land on my desk on Thursday, it knocked the wind out of me. And these are
2: not not uh, estimates, this is an actual reading, is it?
9: This is an actual reading. Okay, and can you compare
2: them to 2021's bill, for instance?
9: Well, see, my bill last year for the same two months was in around kind of 11 and a half or 12, because our bills have been pretty consistent, and because... I locked in our rates last April. Our bills for the last 12 months from June last year to June this year yeah. were very comparable. Now, out of interest, Neil, I just said to the lady because obviously I was put in a position in April to lock this in or not. Um, for people that had said initially, oh, you know, this is because of uh, lots of con- different factors, but the war was something that was mentioned. This woman was able to tell me that last October, November, they were being told by their providers that there was going to be huge increases in electricity. This is before the war even There's began. There's no war then? No, no war no then. No energy and shortage so then? When I, yeah, when I locked in in April, I was a little apprehensive, but I just said to her, look, what I'd like to do is I'd like to get a monthly update on where the rates are at, because if I've made a bad call on this, then I want to be able to break the contract and get out of it, you know, which you can do for a fee. Um, she emailed me at the start of September just to let me know where things were at and the rate I locked in at 46 cents is now at 88.
2: Oh my God. You're, could you imagine what you'd be paying then?
9: Yeah, it would be double that again. Be 60? Yeah, it
2: would be double. Can you 6, can you pay this 000. bill? I mean, can you sustain it?
9: Ah, uh, uh, honestly, the difference in this electricity price for the year for us is 110,000 euro off your, like basically that's an extra cost um, for us now. Like, I'm at the point of looking at how, how are we doing things. Like, obviously, I have, deal with a lot of fresh food. I have cold rooms. I have freezers. I, I can't turn those off. Uh, we have ovens that we can look at when, you know, when they're on and off. But we're, you know...
2: It, you it, can it's tinker a bit, of, a bit with it, like...
9: Yeah, like a small bit. But, like, I, I was so bad last week. I had gotten my electricians down to see if I could switch off some lights in, in my premises. But, like, the reality of this is that I'm in a new building. So... All my lights are LED. They're energy efficient. All my equipment is new. And you know, usually with these things, the newer they are, the better they are with consumption. Mm. So, like, we're, we're in a situation where we're dealing with a lot of new things and new lights and all of that, which is actually a better situation, but it's, it's purely down to the size and the volume.
2: So what happens in circumstances like this? Does it mean that prices must go up? Mm-hmm
9: honestly um this is only one part of the scenario at the moment Neil because two weeks ago I got like we've been getting price increases since January of ingredients everything from flour to butter to everything Uh, I've never seen the like of it like I I deal with a couple of big suppliers and I've actually gone to my reps saying like is there going to be an end to this because basic things like We were buying a 25kg box of butter last year for €175. Today, that same box of butter, no different, same brand, everything. The best I can buy it for from the same supplier is
2: 276 But hold on a second. Is Irish butter boxed, produced in Ireland, right?
9: Uh, It is. uh, Well, actually, we're uh, buying in from from a couple of places now because...
2: But is it an Irish product?
9: Uh, this one is an Irish
2: product. So yeah. why then would it go from one seven five to two seven five? It's not impacted by anything international.
9: Well, we we like last Friday. Is
2: it gouging? Think, like, is it are are these realistic, honest increases? I think the problem or is, or is that
9: all yeah all of all of the costs that have hit people are putting these prices up. So like all of the fuel costs, like so transportation of everything. And then other things, like, for example, even we get eggs in from a crowd and it's local, but all their fertilizer costs have gone up. All their, like, all of these things are adding into the mix of it. So, like, last Friday week, I got a one-off, a one-off increase of sugar, 32%. Now, you think of how many products sugar goes into. So, if you visited my store right now, uh, Neil, it looks like I'm trying to stockpile for a war because Mm -hmm. I... I grabbed like a six pallets of sugar yeah. to get some in now. But like 32% sugar goes into everything. But the are you French.
2: holding out or have you put pri- profits up, pr- prices up? I'm,
9: I'm, I'm holding out. I'm holding out right now because I was waiting for this bill, if I'm honest. Because like we've had like, we've had brown flour, which is, a, you, you think that's a basic product. But it's gone up 24% since, ja- mm-hmm. since the end of last year.
2: Yeah, so, because it's probably wheat from Ukraine, probably.
9: Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a lot of that using it, certainly. And then just, yeah, there's just various factors. But like this whole electricity thing has really got me going. I'm not going to lie, because when I see last week that um, they're reporting profits of, was it 360 million or something like this? Well,
2: the ESB are making two million a day. Um, yeah, I can drill like, into all, I can drill into the other ones a little later I can dig them out again but yeah. they're all making huge profits none of them are without and like, a big this profit is
9: a, This is a semi-state owned company as far as I understand yeah. and like mm, well. the lack of foresight here is just ridiculous because all that's going to happen here I listened to that lovely lady and family Yvonne before me there you are going to be getting so many calls by next summer about this because businesses will not be able to survive this No, no, no They won't particularly the smaller like independent local, you know, they won't be able. They won't be able to carry this. Like, and it it has a knock on effect. So,
2: well, you're damned it, if it, you do nothing, and you're damned if you do put prices up because then you drive the people away to your Aldis and your Lidl's and your Duns and your Tesco and things. Yeah,
9: yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to still pay your own bills and your own staff and all that, and and it's a vicious circle because. If, if, we, if these are happening to us and it's not just electricity, but this is something that the government can help with, the electricity. They can't help me with the sugar price, but they can help with this. And if they put something in place for businesses, it would mean that's a cost that I can manage then and I don't have to worry about that. Because as far as I'm concerned, they should be locking this in for 12 months for businesses and for households for people's individual homes.
2: Yeah, but you'll have to wait till tomorrow to get any kind of um, idea as to what they're planning for business with regards to an energy scheme. But you know that if it were the UK, um, Mm -hmm. you'd get 50% of that bill back.
9: And like, this is the thing. I think the lack of foresight here is incredible because the only thing that's going to happen here is businesses will have no choice but to put up a price of something, then people are not getting the value that they were getting. They're looking for more wages, and that is pushing another cost onto businesses, uh, rightly so. And then the other thing that's happening is businesses will end up closing, and there's more people going back on the live register. Yeah, I
2: know, I know.
9: And how they can see that, but it doesn't surprise me, Neil, because the last couple of years that we've gone through, you know, there has been a lack of planning and lack of foresight and we really need some business people, I'm telling you, to, you know, helping to run this country because it's actually, I, I I have a few sisters that live abroad and the difference for them in their kind of day-to-day living is incredible.
2: incredible. When you say abroad, are you talking about across the water, Europe, yeah, Australia? I
9: have, I have one sister living in Dubai and actually she runs her own business so it's really... It's a very interesting thing to see. Now, obviously, Dubai is a whole other...
2: Yeah, they don't really have energy costs there, though.
9: They don't have... But they don't have tax, first of all. They just introduced that a couple of years ago. But the thing I find about them is that she's in business, and based on where she is located and the number of staff she has, she pays a flat fee to the government every year. And that fee, then, is what goes in and is paid. So the harder she works and the harder her team works, the more money goes into these people's individual pockets and that actually promotes like creativity and entrepreneurship over there it's incredible yeah
2: i saw a response to the uh, the the british budget that was announced uh, over the past couple of days and one of the one of the screen grabs that i grabbed was just yeah. just along what you're saying there i should have it here oh yeah it says that what they're doing is they will reward enterprise and hard work it will yeah. incentivize growth and benefit the whole economy they got rid of they. They abolished the top rate of tax in the UK. Simplified taxation, and they want yeah. to reward enterprise and hard work. Whereas in this country, yeah. enterprise and hard work is penalised.
9: And that's exactly true. Yeah. Because and actually, what we're what's been created here, which is actually such a shame, is it is in it's 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 actually creating. Um, a society that it 's disenfranchising people it's, not, it's actually telling maybe creating a situation where people say, well i'm better off to stay not at work. home than go out to work yeah. okay. you know and that 's not what it should be about. you know what I mean? Um, there are people that need support, of course there are Neil, but, um, and that, that needs to be given, but like there are, there are lots of people that are in a position to go out and do something, and I see that when I interview people, people don't want to come out because they feel like well i'm getting this, this and this.
2: So Why actually, would I want to be putting in a 37-hour week when I'm coming exactly. close to it anyway, when not working at all? Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
9: exactly. And right. I, I, I think that's creating a terrible kind of um, ethos in our society, you know, and it's, it's you know, I, I don't think that's benefiting our country in any way. And unfortunately, that's coming from the politicians here yeah. that are making these decisions.
2: Yeah. OK, Carrie. thanks for catching yeah. up with me. Sorry about the bill. Uh, appreciate you taking yeah. the call. That's a Thank big jump, cheers, him. from eleven and a half grand to twenty nine thousand. Just gotta be paid. You just can't long finger that because ultimately even long fingering or paying even a proportion of it means that bigger bill comes the next time round. Pick up the phone, oh eight, one eight, one oh four, one oh six.
1: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just
2: the started of the program this morning, uh, I was talking about different aspects of uh, the newspapers, and one of them is an article in The Sun that says that this is going to be the winter of the slow cooker. And they break it down as to how much a slow-cooked meal would cost. Uh, a lot of these slow cookers, you know, you might have a slow oven in your oven itself right but these are ones that you can buy actual slow cookers they look like big pots right they got dials on them and they're saying you usually have an 8 hour cooking time and it should cost 41 cent in and around 41 cent for uh, so you're looking at stews and casseroles and and things like that and very tender meat and you can also use the cheapest cuts and make them taste delicious. You can do bulk cooking with them and all sorts of things. So it apparently it's going to be the winter of the slow cooker. But I also mentioned um, air fryers. There are things that are selling very well at the moment. One is air fryers, the other is slow cookers and the third one is generators. People who can get a little generator and hook it up to your power supply. I think you can get it converted and electrician will tell you how to do it. But curries are saying that they've seen a huge surge in the sale of air fryers for instance. Up 40% on the same period last year. And uh, Lanish sent me a video actually of somebody who did a lasagna um, and it took 14 minutes in the air fryer as opposed to 50 minutes in the oven. Yeah, I love air fryers, I really do. I think they can do an awful lot of things very well. Not everything though can be done in an air fryer. But, you know, there are more you know Instagram pages now and hacks and tips as to how to get your bills down and how to use an air fryer and stuff like that. Um, Lidl there a while ago just had an ad in the air in the in the ad breaks, saying that you can in in Lidl you can feed a family of four for a fiver. I think they were giving an example of uh, chicken fajitas for dinner, which would be quite tasty. Uh, but I know I spoke in the past to Kaz, the Irish budgeting mum. Um, so there's five of them, and she can do five meals for a fiver. Apparently, she's always given tips and hacks on Instagram. Kaz, good morning.
11: Morning, Neil. How so, are you? So
2: you're right up there with, uh, with with Lidl and their feed four for a fiver. I don't mean this to come across as condescending to people listening, but any hints or tips are always welcome. Um, Bonkers recently said that you need to make a shopping list and stick to it and don't deviate. You go along with that logic, don't you? I do, yeah. Um, it's the best
11: way, honestly, to be prepared before you even go in.
2: Does that involve just bringing X amount of money with you as well then, so you can spend more perhaps?
11: Yeah, so um, something I do that really helps is to bring in the cash, have that money out in cash before you walk in. Um, It just helps you make um, a more informed decision when you're looking at all the deals and flashy um, notices up around the shop. Um, so yeah i would bring in a certain amount and that's my budget for okay food
2: so there's five of you two adults and three children am i right yes, okay. yeah okay H- how much do you spend
11: i spend 100 euro a week um, and that includes nappies formula and any cleaning supplies i'd need as okay. well toiletries.
2: But is that the same you were spending this time last year for instance
11: Um, It would be actually probably slightly less because this time last year we were on two incomes, Um, so we were on a bit more. Um, But when I took a career break, we had to drop our grocery shop a
2: little bit. But how is it not gone way up? Because the cost of everything has gone way up. How how are you doing it? It's not (laughs) just feeding, it's everything that you need.
11: Yeah I'm being a lot more careful Um, I would have swapped to a lot more own brands and I cook pretty much everything from scratch so I don't buy jars very often at all Um, I make all the sauces myself um, and I also like look for the deals so I'll look at your likes of your Super 6 and the savers and I'll pick out there what I'm going to be buying and from that I'll base my meals around that.
2: And Do you find any noticeable difference between say the premium version and the own brand version of everything?
11: Sometimes, but there'd be very few. There'd be a handful of items that I would still um buy the brand that I do think is worth it. Um usually it's because it lasts longer or, um, or it's far superior, mm. but usually they're often made in the same factory.
2: That's what um, I hear, so, yeah.
11: And, yeah, the and, likes of Weetabix, for instance, is almost always made in the same factory.
2: And is there any difference between the two? Apart no. from the price?
11: Uh, the price, yeah, massive difference in the price, but usually there's no difference in the quality. So and you, actually, I'm noticing the own brand is, is often getting better. The shops are really kind of up in their game now.
2: Okay, okay. So you do not buy anything from a jar, processed no. or frozen, do you?
11: I would buy frozen. I do uh, like frozen vegetables, all right. Um. Usually that's better value. You're usually getting a lot more vegetables um, and it's easier for it to be um, reused for the next recipe. You can just throw it back in the freezer.
2: But you're diligent about your shopping in the sense that you might see something that you don't really need at a great price. You will ignore.
11: Yes. um, So, well, if I need something, I'll buy it. But um, I usually kind of plan ahead. So maybe the first shop might cost um, 120 and then the next week will be 80 because I might have and um, bought a few more toiletries and things like that. So I won't mm-hmm. need that the next week.
2: When you're shopping, do you have a calculator with you?
11: Yes, absolutely. I like to know when I go up to the till exactly how much it costs. Do
2: you ever or... see anybody else with a calculator?
11: Yes, I do. <laughs> I do now, now. At the start, I didn't, but now there's a few of us going around.
2: <laughs> Isn't there, aren't there trolleys invented now that added up on a small little dash on the trolley? handle yeah, on the bar yeah, some, are they in ireland shop, and it literally scans it for you so you yeah, see
9: they're, yeah
11: yeah some of the shops have them all right they're great also so you will have an idea of what it will cost before you get to the till all right with them
2: so no surprises there if you're in a lidl yeah. or an aldi or in a duns or a tesco do you do you stray out of the shopping i mean certainly the center aisles and aldi and lidl are a magnet for people
9: yeah, so I if if
11: I there's something coming up I'll budget for, um but I generally don't look when I'm doing my food shop. <laughs> um I tend to just stick to doing my food shopping most of the time, um, when it's when that's what I'm doing.
2: And does that um, hundred include clothing and footwear for the children or Um, Maybe a a jacket that's reduced in duns that you might fancy for yourself. No, that's extra then, is it?
11: (laughs) No, I I usually will go in separately to do something like that. Um, I just find it's easier to just concentrate on the food shop when you're doing the food shop. Um, I go in with my list and I calculate it around and I budget for other things separately. So I'll make that a separate um, trip out. So I might put my shopping away and then go back in.
2: Are you constantly checking the cupboards or what's in the fridge and what's in the freezer before you shop?
11: Yes, I I, I make sure we don't buy any extras for sure before we go. So I'll have a little look, and um, you'll often have a couple of meals that maybe are just missing one ingredient. So make sure to put that on your list. And um, I also am really careful how I store my food once it's home because. We waste so much food in this country. Do you think um, people are a I slave remember.
2: to best before dates, incidentally, Kaz?
11: Yeah, so obviously a lot of people mix up best before and used by. Um,
2: yeah, and, and best others best then, like me, ignore both, and it's just fine.
11: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's very important to know the difference. Um, and a lot of food can be frozen. So if you think it's, you know, getting closer to the used by date, Throw it into the freezer um, and if you're not going to be using it in the next few days and it'll be fine then and you probably get six months out of
2: it if you needed to. Just before I let you go, just drilling into what you're cooking then. Do you batch cook?
11: I do do a good bit of batch cooking, yes. Um, It just saves on the energy as well. Would that be like
2: stews, casseroles, lasagnas, uh, bolognese, things like that?
11: Yeah, lots of stews, bolognese. Um, I like to do dump meals as well so that's where you would put um, the items for a meal in a bag and then you just literally defrost it and throw it into the slow cooker then when you want to use it
2: Yeah, I wonder for people who are time poor though whether they have the time to be able to do what you do That's why
11: I do it That's why I do it because I'm a toddler so I struggle with time as well Um, So those dump meals are amazing because you literally can make about five meals In about half an hour, throw them all into the freezer and then just take them out the night before, stick them in the bottom of the fridge and then when you're ready to use them, throw them in the slow cooker that morning, go off to work and it's ready that evening.
2: Okay, and the slow cooker is the one I've just been describing where there's a bit of a run in them and curries, they look like a big huge... Yeah, pot with a lid on them and we you plug you can them get in lots
11: of different ones yeah so i i have one that does slow cooking air frying and pressure cooking and it's just great it's absolutely it's energy saving i think it, the last uh time i looked it up and um, the esp had said it was half the price of using your cooker for one hour was eight hours in the slow cooker
2: yeah, I have a breakdown actually on, from, again, from bonkers.ie on energy by appliance. So I'll come back to that a little yeah. later on. But they are saying an eight hour low setting, um, uh, yeah. say, for instance, casserole in a slow cooker, 41 cent apparently. I wonder what the equivalent yeah. to that would be for maybe a, a regular cooking oven. Um, actually, I have it here. An oven, one hour cooking per hour in an oven is a euro and eight cent. See the difference? Yeah
11: big difference
2: yeah and it it all adds up I suppose so just finally your typical meal for five people for a fiver give me an example of what that would be
9: so
11: I have one that has over a million views and that's a vegetarian paella and that is paella rice um half a tin of chopped tomatoes and a pack of green beans a red bell pepper five cloves of garlic Um, One and a half litres of vegetable stock, a handful of black olives and a lemon. And that came to just under five euro for those eight ingredients.
2: And if there was um, maybe chicken or a bit of meat involved in a main dinner like that, would you be able to do something like that for a fiver?
11: Yeah, so you could actually in that paella, you could definitely throw in if you have any leftovers. Um, but I do lots of others. Um, one I did last week there was a sausage pie. and um, That was with a pack of sausages, um, mushrooms, potatoes and peas. And that was lovely. Uh, it's like a shepherd's pie. I would love
2: it. And you can do yeah. it for five people, enough yeah. on the plate to fill them for a fiver.
11: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's another one coming up tomorrow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> people can follow you at irishbudgeting.com. On Instagram, am I right?
11: Yeah, that's it.
2: There's one other kitchen gadget I was asked to mention to you by somebody who just texted me. It's a thing called a Thermonics. Have you ever heard of a thermonix? Sounds painful, or is it a Thermomix? No, thermomix. Maybe. Thermomix. Yeah, it says thermomix. Thermonics. Yeah,
11: here. I have. I have heard of it. It's. Um, I believe it's a gadget that came from Australia originally. If I'm, if I'm got the right. So gadget how does there. that work?
2: Do you just bait all the I, ingredients I, into it and it works it out itself? Is it?
11: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it does. You put in each ingredient and then it basically has like a recipe p- pre-built into it nearly and it <laughs> does it all I've, I've, I've only seen it online now I haven't played I want one,
2: one of them do you?
11: <laughs> it sounds great
2: <laughs> Alright listen stay in touch and I'd encourage people Thanks, to check Thomas. you out on Instagram take care for now ta- Kaz take care cheers see
11: you
2: now. bye you. Irish, at Irish Budgeting on Instagram text 0868104106 we'll pick it up after 11
5: I'm Rory
0: and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sports every weekend on the Big Red Bench.
1: That's the Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6, on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil
2: Frienderville Show. Talking about the Good Shepherds burnt down yet again. The roof's gone now. Daryl excite and has been for quite some time. And Tommy Gould wondering why the owners and those that bought it to a planning permission for, uh, I don't know, 250 apartments, Are just sitting on it. I'm fuming while I type this. I'm angry when I hear people giving out about how people who own derelict properties are not doing anything with their properties. My husband and I own a property in Carrick Tool, and thankfully, my husband is handy, so we could afford to do it up and rent it out. However, if we couldn't do that, we would have to leave it derelict and rot away. Why, you might ask, could we not sell it for someone else to do it up? Have you ever tried to get deeds for a property that never had deeds? It's something that is very common, I can tell you. We do not have deeds on this property and have been working with a solicitor in Middleton for years. Trying to get any communication with the Property Registration Authority in Roscommon who are responsible for this is like communicating with the dead. They're impossible. One solicitor told us this could take us 20 years. In his own words, show what's 20 years. Time flies. Property is left derelict and not moved on because people can't sell them due to lack of deeds and the impossible task of getting those deeds. Is there anyone home in the PRAI in Roscommon? They need to wake up. Can't come on air, but I would love to hear what other thinks. This is one of the main reasons, says a very angry listener called Mary that a lot of the time it has to do with deeds. I don't think that that's the case when it comes to the good shepherds, though, does it? Um, Another one or two, I did see a text this morning saying, the Sunset Ridge has been turned into a GP centre and pharmacy with apartments above the GP practice. Easy knowing that Tommy Gould doesn't know what's going on in the local community. Otherwise, he would have told you about it. Okay, well, that's the plan. Let's see it happen. Lots on school transport. Anna's wondering, saying bus errands are a scream. They keep adding routes, changing routes and can't even get drivers. What are they going to do? Uh, well, I think in the case of school transport that bus Aaron provide, it's that they can't get people to tender and take the contracts. Um, I see an interesting one here because there is a grant available if you do the driving for your special needs child yourself, but the rate hasn't changed in eight years, says a listener. The rate hasn't changed in the 8 years I'm driving. I drive 100 kilometres a day, I get 38 cents for the first half thousand kilometres, and 22 cents after that. So I'm expected to drive the same journey for roughly the second term onwards for less money. It doesn't pay to keep a car on the road. Yet, if adequate school places were made available locally, we wouldn't have to drive at all. And then someone suggesting that I must never ever go shopping, which I do. Well, Abel do you not go shopping at all the price of milk and butter and they're all irish have shot up like crazy a block of butter that was 219 in february is now 349 i'm not disputing that but i'm asking the question why has it gone from 219 to 349 when there aren't really any huge amounts of transportation costs involved nor does the milk come from overseas Uh, you're talking to a lady about the cost of flour or butter. A pound of own brand butter, own brand butter was two nineteen. It's now three twenty nine. Two liters of milk was one sixty nine. It's now two zero nine. And these are basic groceries. Just to let you know, that Tesco has a shop and scan facility with a handheld scanner, adding up your shopping as you go. Everyone should use them. When you get to the checkout, you just need to present your club card and you pay your total. It saves you having to queue. You also get club points, special offers on the shelf as a club card holder. They also price match Aldi and Lidl on a lot of their products. This may be helpful to some of your listeners. Thank you. And I suppose the good thing about Aldi and Lidl arriving in the Irish market is they made others more competitive, right? Um, Just with regards to own brands, my conversation with Kaz, there is definitely a difference between Weedabixx, and own brand Weedabix the cheaper brand is more sugary and it's a harder biscuit so something is taken out or put into cheaper items it depends on the house, lifestyle and diet requirements too I think as to whether you can buy own brand options I think there's an area where there can be a big difference on own brands correct me if I'm wrong is on biscuits don't you think I always find that the own brand biscuits just don't cut it we got some lemon puffs there recently used to love them as a kid. Loved them. You know the ones. uh, And the own brand ones, for some weird reason, just weren't as I remember them as a kid. Maybe they've all changed. But years ago, the, the lemon puffs, they were very sticky. Yeah? They were crunchy, crispy, very lemony. And the outside then had a kind of a glazed, sugary stickiness to them, which have just disappeared. Anyway. The things that I get hit up about. Back to the phone lines, we go just on energy costs, actually. Talking to Kerry Donna Fitzpatrick's and the astronomical. I think it almost tripled her bill, actually. She said two and a half times in the space of one two-month period to the next. Uh, Liam Barry is the owner of Goldberg's and thinks that she actually got off quite lightly. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Do tell. How she got off lightly?
6: I I saw her post when she put it up last week and uh, her original base rate was about 16.2 cents per kilowatt hour, and it went up to, I don't know, about 40. By the course then having gotten an astronomical bill, you know, in, by comparison, in Goldberg's, <clears throat> I pulled out all our, our uh, you know, our bills over the last few months, and I, I just did a comparison, and in, in actual fact, the, the, the rate that I had been on prior to it going up again last week was uh, 39 cents per kilowatt hour, which was only one or two cents of hers. So... Um, the Boron, in actual fact, had come out of contract about three weeks ago. Mm. And they pushed us up to a variable rate of, I don't know, about 50, I think it was 58, uh, 58 cents per kilowatt hour. Yeah,
2: and I, I understand the kilowatt per hour kind of thing, but what did yeah. it actually mean bill to bill?
6: Well, I, I'll give you an example. Goldbergs would have had a bill, an, an eight-week bill of about 2,800 euros, you know, prior to COVID. Um, the last bill that came in the door was for 5,900 and from next week on, and this is the, the funny thing, our contract ends next week. So I went shopping and I went to Borgash, first of all. <clears throat> and I said, look, guys, is there, you know, can you, let's let's talk about fixing it in. I said, look, I'm after getting a rate here for the Bowron, can you do the same rate for Goldbergs? And that's wh- when I just, I, I couldn't believe it because they're offering different renew- renewal rates. Is it cheaper? Uh, more expensive. The boron had gone, was going to 61 cents per kilowatt hour, which is 50% higher now than what Kerry is paying below. And they were going to put Goldbergs on... Uh, a, a, a very, uh, sorry, a, pardon, a fixed rate of
2: 82.5 cents per kilowatt hour. So why would it so be 61 for one pub and 82 for another?
6: I asked that question and apparently it's down to the to the meters. Um, I rang a friend of mine, I won't mention him, but he's, he's, he's kind of high up in the commercial side of Borgash and I rang him on Saturday at, uh, at home and I explained the situation to him. Now he's gone away today to try to sort me out and mark that, but to be honest, I've made the move. I moved over to Flowgas. We deal with them for our gas
2: we find them the cheaper of the smaller. Oh my God! I um, saw something about flow gas of the weekend. Their rates are gone up. Yeah,
6: yeah but you see, again, it's all about it's all about getting, fixing. in. people are hovering around these variable rates, um, thinking that they're they're going to go down. These rates are only going one way; they're going up. Um, like the flow gas um, variable rate from next week on is eighty-one cent per kilowatt hour. So I locked in for twelve months. At 58.5 cents per kilowatt hour, which okay. is still yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. still double the 5,700 euros that I, I have paid or the 5,800 euros that I paid last week for the previous two. But it would have gone higher again. I would have been looking at bills of around 14,000 euros in Goldberg every two months, which is an increase of, of, of about, about quadruple. What I originally From two thousand
2: eight hundred to fourteen thousand, it was sorry, the potential. so about yeah. five
6: times actually. Yeah. 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 So, and have I, you I put up prices? on our usage. Well, here's the thing. You see, a, a, a lot of a lot of people are are like when you look at energy companies and you look at likes of breweries and all that. You know, when prices go up, unfortunately, it's the end user that has to be affected. But there's only so far you can go. They're talking now forty two percent of adults. Uh, in, in Cork are planning to visit the pub less, was yeah. a survey done uh, last week uh, over Christmas. So what are you going to do? Are you going to force more people out your doors by increasing your prices? So people are picking and choosing opening hours, Neil. We've closed our kitchen Mondays and Tuesdays. We're talking about closing the bar Mondays and Tuesdays. A lot of bars around the city are closed Mondays What and about then?
2: Um, that means you have to pay your staff <coughs> well, you less. Know, yeah. How do I mean, the staff we, survive?
6: The, the staff and that's the and that's the big problem you're you're now scrambling um looking for hours that you don't have for staff that you are you know i mean we're responsible for these guys too have a, um at least four of the staff in Goldbergs have children um in the peer head, a number of the staff down there are all renting in rental accommodation. Um, all of my staff in the Boron are all renting, uh, you know, and these people have to be looked after. What we've done is we've done what we did through COVID and we tried, we, we've, we've tried to extend the service that we're providing so we're now catering an awful lot of Outdoor private gigs in people's houses. Um, we we did one over the weekend. Uh, we have another two coming up this weekend, and it's a
1: But you know, if, but, but if
2: pubs and restaurants are going to be closing Mondays and Tuesdays, or closing the kitchen and opening less hours, yeah. that means that staff are earning less wages. Well, that, that's which means why that then we're, we're taking they could be signing on work. the live register.
6: Not necessarily for us. We we have we've built up through COVID. We built um, a, a kind of a good customer base of of. Um, you know, people that are are entertaining at home, and we are now catering for that. Okay, so you found
2: a niche, but not every business yeah. will do that. They just will reduce hours, surely.
6: Yeah, yeah, that that's that's going to be. The are case. you expecting where, where,
2: some sort of a pop type pandemic payment? Because that's what the vintners are looking for.
6: I, I, do, I don't think so. I mean, look, let's wait and see. It's only 24 hours. There, there's all talking, you know, leaks and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, when COVID came around, the government were not found wanting. They they looked after us. They looked after individual employees. They looked after employer um, uh, businesses out there, particularly in hospitality. Um, and it, it, it allowed us the strength to stay open, um, even on, during the hours that you felt, yeah, you know what, it's actually costing me money to open out. But the supports were good. And let's wait and see. I mean, I people are, are pointing the finger, of blame in particular with, with power at the individual energy companies.
2: Well, they're because really they're putting putting afraid. Their- they're, they, because they think they're being gouged. Because they see the profits they make every day.
6: Yeah, the, the, it all goes back to the ESB Neil and I had a very frank conversation with my friend in Borgash last week he said, look Liam, he said, we're not putting prices up for the sake of it, um, particularly coming into winter but the ESB announced a six month profit of 350 million euros great, like the ESB is owned by, by the government It's n- whatever, 90 odd percent owned by the government, the ESB are generating electricity, they're putting up prices because of the cost of fossil fuels to burn that electricity or to make that electricity has gone up we're not invested enough in this country in hydroelectric power like we have the Inescarica see I, don't,
2: I, don't, I know i don't buy that because the 2 million a day profit goes to shareholders well yeah
6: it's probably, yeah
2: you're and right. the same I mean, happens with every other um, uh, energy provider right and, and and i'm not just talking about those that dig it out of the ground or um, mm. put it in gas pipes and send it to us Even the end user The stage before the end user The supplier that puts it in your home All them are making a fortune And that's why
6: Yeah and and, and for sure That they are definitely Adding on that little bit extra For themselves But if the government Are talking about Taxing um, Windfall taxing These companies They need to look at Their own situation first They own the ESP The ESP are the ones That are announcing All these huge, huge profits And, you know, we're living, unfortunately, at a time where there's a bit of a perfect storm. People are blaming Ukraine, Brexit, the the aftermath of COVID and the long-term effects of that. And and it's just unfortunate that at, at this particular point in time that these three... Factors are all coming together. Um, we're lucky insofar as other expenses haven't gone up. The price of our uh, resale product, which is what we're in business for, the so sale, sale, sale of alcohol, hasn't gone up. Okay, and we it doesn't seen.
2: look as if it will either. I was reading this morning that fags no, will go up by 50 cents. Soft, soft drinks have gone through the roof.
6: Alcohol is uh, hopefully going to stay the way it is. They're yeah, saying apparently. that it will. Um, but the cost of food as well has gone up. I mean, we have, um, our, our cost of our prawns, just to give you one example, has gone up by 80%. cost of our breads has gone up 30%. And thus far, we haven't passed on those costs to the customer because at the end of the day, um, it, what are you going to do? Risk losing that business? Like a half loaf is, is better than no bread, yeah, if know. you know what I mean. I know. I know. Um, I let it's... them come in, you know, they're, they're like, Goldberg's had to kind of change its... it's you know the way we did business throughout COVID and we got into food evening food in a big way and it has served us well. Um we're finding people coming out, know, they'll have a bottle of wine and two main courses as opposed to a bowl of soup and a sandwich at lunchtime, which you struggle to make money on food in a lunchtime setting. Yeah. You know, people have certain budgets and, and as well as that they have an hour. So it takes them ten minutes to get to you, forty minutes to order and eat and ten minutes to get back to work. You're trying to you're trying to do it all in an hour. Although whereas, I do hear on a happier mm-hmm, note yeah.
2: that uh, Pierre Head is flying though.
6: It is, thank God. We <laughs> big gamble there. We took it all, we opened on the twenty sixth of July last year right in the middle of a lockdown like it was outside dining and everything but it was needed there was something needed in Black Rock and, and with people literally like approaching us in the street going geez leds you've
2: breathed life back into the village it, yeah it, and, and Bunty's after Bunty's up the road from you and he's taken over is it the Southern Star is it the
6: Southern Star yeah he's in there at the moment working hard and, and it's like he showed me the plan It's going to be spectacular yeah but then yeah. again that's the way he goes anything he does is, is at a high level Um he has he has um, just put an awful lot of thought into it, but this this is ongoing for two years. He's, he's
2: yeah, I know, I today. know, and you, you'll get there. Uh, I, was, I was cycling yeah. down around Black Rock yesterday. It's looking fantastic. The market was on and everything, and everything yeah. seemed buzzing, yeah. and there was lots of people out and about. And the Marino, and that's finished, and all the way up to the new that new park is gorgeous up there. And yeah, it, it is, Cleave. it is, yeah, it really absolutely.
6: Is. Um, in actual fact, the lads from the uh, Five Points Cafe. Up on McCurtain Street, yeah. they've taken the concession on the new cafe that's going to be down there. So Good. they're going to be doing bagels and pastries, coffees, going on. It's going to be brilliant. Bring it on. And that's only the first stage of it. Let's, let's finish me?
2: on that uh, on that optimistic yeah. note, Liam. Thanks for taking yeah, the cheers. call. Cheers, Pat. No rather news. That's Barry Goldbergs. Um, just <laughs> from people making observations, right, just ahead of the ad break with regards to me. Um, thank you so much. Uh, she doesn't want her name on air, but she says... Just to point out, and uh, please get your sense of humour out here, the number of times, well, I've actually lost, cost, lost count of the number of times that you say the word gotcha. I think your team needs to put in a gotcha jar, similar to the swear jar. Each time you say it in a conversation going forward, we will leave off the other two million times already you've said it this year, otherwise you'd be bankrupt From now on, you should put €10 into a gotcha jar and then donate the money before Christmas to a charity. I hope you got that. Kind regards. And I had never known it, actually, until I saw that uh, email come in the back end of last week and I found myself saying gotcha and saying, oh my God, I've said it again. Oh my God, I've said it again. It's a bit like Bill O'Hurley back in the day when he was constantly saying, okie dokie, okie dokie. The swear jar is probably a good idea, but tenner a time that's that's way too much that's way too much if you'd said it was a euro in the gotcha jar I might say something but a tenner uh uh Call the Neil Prenderville Show now,
1: 0818-104-106, Red FM. All
2: right, don't forget, uh, being Monday, Offbeat Donuts, who recently opened on French Church Street, have a big box of donuts every Monday morning to give away to you. You could be at home and share it with the family. You could be at work. You could share it with your workmates. We're looking for the best weekend story as to what you got up to at the weekend. Um, and, and I'm quite sure that there's some very enlightening stories out there as opposed to me telling you about my weekend, but I did go to Yall all 24 hours in Yall all went down Friday um, to the Walter Rally and I went to a lovely little pub called The Anchor. It's like stepping back in time. You know those fabulous pubs that existed for hundreds and hundreds of years. Nobody changed them or touched them. There's a lot of those pubs still in you And then over to herns I hadn't been in Aherns in many, many years. I can tell you the food there is as good now as I remember it years ago. It was stunning. Right up there. As good all day long as the likes of your Ballymaloo. But uh, y'all was buzzing. It was very, very busy. And people milling around. And weather wasn't too bad. There was a lot of people out on the on the beach and walk in the town and, and things like that. So that was lovely. Uh, it's good to get around. So we've been covering a lot of county towns this morning, Yall and Formoy and what have you. Uh, others are still suggesting, though, that it's cheaper to go overseas. And somebody was costing, say, for instance, two nights in Skull. And they sent me a photograph of it, of the bill of the uh, the proposed bill were you to book. And I suppose this was done on bookings.com. Price for two nights in Skull. Um, a hotel and leisure centre down Scullway. So for two nights, five hundred and forty-five euro, including taxes and charges. And they're saying there's only uh, there's only two rooms left, which is a contrast when you can go off to the Algarve for four nights in three weeks' time, uh, a one-bed apartment and the flights. So the apartment and flights, two hundred and fourteen euro per person. Isn't that an incredible difference, really and truly? Uh, another example: We went to Bordeaux in the south of France last Tuesday to Thursday. Sixty euro for the flight, 2,200 th- 2, accommodation, four star with breakfast. I was going to go to the Ross Hotel in Killarney for one night, and the cheapest midweek price was two hundred and sixty euro. It was five euro for trams and buses all day in the south of France, even to the airport, which was eleven kilometers away. I don't know, is something something lost on me here? Um, You don't, Tuesday to Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, €2,200 for accommodation and four-star breakfast. I mean, that's an insane amount of money, right? I'm assuming it's not somebody who's singing the praises of three nights in the south of France for two thousand two hundred euro accommodation alone. Did you see that text? Is that right, or is there an extra zero
12: on that? Do you think? Kevin? No, I don't. I, I hope. I hope there's an extra zero on. It seems like an awful lot. Like I, I'm only just back from my own holidays, and we were we paid uh, just over a thousand euro for a week in a five star, breakfast included inside Each no. All inclusive. Five just over five hundred each. Five hundred in Cyprus, flights, accommodation, not including the flights, just was just the accommodation. Five hundred for a five star hotel each for seven nights. So that's like 75 euro a night Yeah I mean the breakfast basically The breakfast was almost worth the entire 75 quid set We ate for our the body weight from breakfast before we left Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and on the the, the, the the tram out in Bordeaux He's lucky he wasn't in Paris being caught out in The way I was last week But that's an altogether different story Yeah your <laughs> transport ticket was it? Well it's, it's, it's They just hit tourists It's just they, they, But they, you had the same thing in Nice They just seem to love catching tourists you yeah. have to be on your toes yeah. with this. They're, stuff, they're yeah. tourist police. That's
2: all they do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so money. you paid, like, I, I stayed in the Walter Alley. It was 180 for the two of us for the night. Great breakfast. Not mm. cheap, but very good. You paid 75 euro each for a five star hotel mm. in Cyprus. For the same offering.
12: For the same offering, yeah. I, I imagine, I'm sure the weather wasn't bad in y'all, but I would, I'd hedge a bet that it was a little bit warmer in Cyprus oh. than it was in y'all. All right, my man. Thanks for
2: that. <laughs> uh, interesting
12: text. Just a
2: quick message on the topic that I know is a big issue for people today. I went to my local shop today to get a roll for the kids, as sometimes I like to get them a fresh roll for a change. They just wanted cheese. They were going to add their own tatoes to it. Both kids are secondary school age, Bear in mind now that sometimes they get hot chicken rolls. So anyway, I asked for a large white buttered roll with cheese. It was four euro. So I said to the girl, four euro. She looked at me and said, yes, I'm sorry. So I said, so you're telling me that I can get a breast of chicken for an extra 50 cent? And she said, yes. So I told her, put the chicken in. One woman in the queue agreed that it was a disgrace. And the girl in the counter that I knew said it wasn't her fault. Rang my partner to tell him, and he said he paid eight euro for two of them last Friday, which is a roll with cheese. Uh, he paid for it, but I wouldn't. That's why I got them to add the chicken. I would not be mean. I treat my boys to this once a week. It costs two fifty for a bag of cheese, and I'd get four rolls for two euro. The thing is, I worked in a deli as well. A topping could be eighty cents to euro to a euro, and then the roll would be the same. I don't understand how they can charge that kind of money for a basic cheese roll. This is a well-ran shop with very nice people, but these kind of make-y-uppy prices is not acceptable. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that an entire breast of chicken that went in with it was only 50 cent extra.
1: The Neil Brendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818
2: 104 106. I came out this morning to go to work and uh, I discovered um, that my car and probably an awful lot of other people's cars on the south side are covered in what I believe is sewage. Um, And I think that may well be connected to the work that the council did at the weekend in getting rid of the massive sewage spill in Lehenamore in Toker. It looks like sewage, you know when sewage breaks down and you have the sewage and the broken down Toilet paper and it becomes awfully kind of claggy and stuff like that. Uh, I believe that must have got caught in the air or something. They must have been, u- I imagine they were using high pressure ways of getting rid of it. I won't make correction on this, but to me it looks like as if the cars are all covered in sewage in areas of this outside. But at least it's sorted, apparently, I'm told. They did go out of the weekend and get it all sorted. I still see other people with issues in the Toker area, which I'll come back to. But I just want to get back. Uh, we were talking to Kaz earlier on about different hacks and savings, and she can feed a family of five for a fiver and gave some tasty examples of how she can do it and also some other ways to keep an eye without it wanting to sound patronizing to people you know information is power and on that basis can i just stay with that for a little while longer if you don't mind oh it's disappeared off the screen so i'll have to work it out myself and can oh no i just can you go back to the plumber i just need the the plumber story thank you sorry my apologies to frank the plumber he's been waiting an age frank good morning Good morning, Neil. How I just are got you? chopped off below the knees there, so I'm back again. Uh, okay, so we're talking about we're <laughs> talking about hacks. I was looking at the bonkers.ie. that were breaking down appliances the home and cost per hour or per minute per kilowatt. And some of the ones that you as a plumber deal with are atop top of the list like immersions, dishwashers, uh, washing machines, even the humble kettle, right? All to do okay. with heating water. Have you any tips?
13: Well, I I, I put a system on my own house, my brother's house, my daughter's house. And what it is, most a lot of houses now don't have a bath, right? Yeah. They have electric showers. Yeah, them. yeah. And you're turning on your gas heating or your whatever heating you have, and you're heating 30 gallons of hot water that you will never use. When you turn off your heating in the evening, you come down in the morning, it's after going cold. Yeah. You're after heating it up, not using in it. In
2: spite of all the lagging now and everything you can put around the cylinder, that's what happens. It goes cold. But,
13: but, well, it will go cold, but the point is you're heating 30 gallons of water all the time. Now, in the heating system, the most, right, we say three or four bedroom house, in the heating system, there'll be about 20, no, about, I know, about 30 or 40 litres of water, you know what I mean, in the rads and that like. Yeah. But you're heating 135 litres in the copper cylinder for nothing. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I thought, don't, I thought that the copper tanks had two sections to them. One was the small part and the other was the bigger part, no?
13: No, no, no. That's, you, the, that's the immersion itself that goes into the tank. The, okay. The sink and batch you turn around for the sink and the batch, you know. But if you're heating it from your heating system, you know, in the winter, what you would.
2: It's the whole no. lot, yeah. yeah.
13: You're, you're heating the whole lot. And the thing that cost a fortune, it, like, it drop your heating from about... Approximately about a quarter for the year. You know what Are you I mean, saying you people have,
2: should get rid of the big tanks?
13: Well, if you have a bath and you have small kids, you probably need to have a bath, you know, but my, my, my daughter has two small kids and she has a shower in her house. She don't have the bath, but she works fine. But, but what you put in instead then is under the kitchen sink or somewhere convenient to the house. You put in a little water heater. It's only 10 litres, or you can get a 20-litre one. And you just press press the button when you need. The heat it comes on about 10 minutes, Turn it off, or you can put it on the time clock. But you're only heating very. You'd have enough now to wash the wear, uh, you'd have enough to have a shave or whatever and all this and wash your hair. Yeah. And that would do you. You're, you're heating about a tenth of the water that you, that you would
2: with a copper That works if you have an electric shower, doesn't it? Because the electric shower just heats it in the moment, right? But Yeah, that's what I mean. If, if As if opposed we have, to uh, two hours to fully heat a 120 litre tank. 135, yeah,
13: that's the standard one. But. It, it's it's an all brainer, like you know, just get rid of the compass and there, put in your water heater and that's it. But and what would the a, cost
2: of adapting be? What's the what would it cost well, you to
13: do that? There's a bit of work, you know, right, and like I cost it out normally cost about just under five hundred euros right, for the whole job.
2: Right, know? right. But it would and end the days of heating entire tanks that go cold overnight and you do all that same thing the next day and a day in you'd make a saving eventually, would you?
13: Oh, of course you would and during the summer if you turn on the immersion if you, uh, the old joke did he turn off the immersion you know, <laughs> Tell yeah, me you right. know that thing that'll be that, that'll be out the window you know yeah. you can turn off you can turn off the heater anytime you want or you can put it on the, if you put on time or whatever but I turned my on. It's during the summer you know I left it off completely well we turned it on a few times to wash the wear, but I have a shave in the cold during the, during the summer you know
2: yeah, well, Who wants well, to do I, that though Frank like
13: I know but you can turn it on if you want like you know what I mean but you you'd save a fortune on your electricity? Or your so that gas, conversion you
2: know. would be what to do that under the sink version and getting rid of the big tank. Five hundred euros, is it?
13: Yes, including everything. Yeah, that's 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 what it cost us. Which yeah, and I'm, I'm actually doing a good few of them now, and the
2: uh, people are really happy with the meal. Yeah, and just wondering because like our boiler isn't it's I haven't it hasn't been turned on yet for the winter but it's likely that it will be this week isn't it true that's what maybe uh, people yeah. have already perhaps some have but i'm kind of noticing the nip now you need the heating now in the next few days definitely you would uh the other thing as well like turn off the red inside the rooms you're not using you know yeah yeah and, and
13: you can put them thermostat red that cut down the heating the cost as well like yeah
2: do, you, do, you, do you what about but the whole smart zone stuff where you get an app and control the whole thing on an app yeah, well, uh, that, that
13: would cost you a few, a few thousand, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, people, yeah. people are hard enough to pay their bills you now without trying to pay for that as well. Yeah. Just as you, as you were talking there a while ago. Air to water the,
2: and things like that?
13: Oh, to water is fantastic, but uh, the, the, the heat pumps are about four or five thousand. Just would five you ever
2: make it back to five? Because you get a bit of a grant, but would you still be looking at five, six, seven, eight grand?
13: Yeah, you would, but like, if you're a, if you're a young couple. And you're starting off your home, whatever. It's it's fantastic because you'll have the benefit of for the rest, rest rest of your life. You know what I mean? And the, know,
2: Burr the, rating, the Burr rating, you know? the bur rating on the house would need to be very high for air to water, wouldn't
13: it? Oh yes, you had to. Well, insulation is everything. You know, you insulate the house well. You know, and draft excluders on the doors and you know whatever the best windows you can get and all that.
2: It's not about heating a house; it's about retaining the heat. Yeah, the house. I know. Yeah, retaining the heat inside and also that boiler one is a good one that you literally are. You know, heating the whole thing using a small amount of it. it goes cold overnight. You do that all over again the next day.
13: Yeah, and uh, the, the water heater that you put on your under your sink—if you—if uh, you—if t- you forget to turn it off, there's a thermostat inside every clock and clock it out. What, the,
2: yeah. What about washing uh, machines and you know stuff like dishwashers? Are they better used at night or is that dangerous? Is it cheaper at any particular time of the day?
13: Well, uh, I wouldn't. Use, I wouldn't turn on any appliance in my house at at night. Um, I just wouldn't do it because there's so many fires and all the washing yeah. machines. and yeah. Now, uh, I, I have an outside shed, you know, so it's one of those steel thick sheds, whatever, and we had the washing machine and the dishwasher inside, and not the dishwasher, the dryer. But uh, it's just fine. I use it out there, all right, but uh, not in the house. <laughs>
2: okay. okay, well, <laughs> I, certainly I dropped, uh, certainly, you should never use the tumble, dry- tumble dryer overnight because they generate well, huge amounts of heat and they sometimes do go on fire.
13: Yeah. The, fl- the fluff builds up inside in them and it causes static electricity you know, and
2: they can, they, they, they can spontaneous fire. You know? Okay, so people should be looking at their copper tank, switching it right, out right. for a smaller one under the sink and you'll make huge savings long term.
13: I took, I took one out of my daughter's house and um, there was copper cylinder, and I took it up to the scrapyard. <laughs> my granddaughters with me, and I came out. I got some money for the for the copper cylinder, and I gave her. I gave my two granddaughters some money, <laughs> and the little one did it. One was back from Australia, she said, uh, the other one She said, uh, we, uh, I got doing my own And next time, my granddaughter said to me, "We wanted them on top of our stairs. You get money for them." I said, "You can't be taking out the copper cylinder now." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, they see the money. They see an easy way of making a few bob. All right, so good grand- tip, good hint. Do you know, Neil. Um, just on the holidays now,
13: uh, we booked a week in Barcelona. We're going soon uh, for a week. Seven, uh, flying into Rios with uh, Ryanair and uh, transfers to the to the hotel. And it's you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a five star hotel now, but, oh, yeah. but bed, breakfast, and evening mm-hmm. meal for a week for two five hundred and eighty euros for the two. For yeah, two ninety 290 each, two ninety two to be quite exact. Yeah, for a week. For a week, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Isn't that insane? Yeah. I mean, be, yeah, yeah, I mean, as well as everything else, you, you're guaranteed the reasonably good sunshine. The cost of living is cheaper there. Maybe that's why it can afford to be so much cheaper. I don't know.
13: Yeah, I, I don't want to smoke what my wife does, like, but she gets a pack a of, packs of cigarettes and then save another lot of money for her, you know.
2: Yeah, and the 292 each, is that with breakfast? Breakfast and evening meal. Oh, for God's sake,
13: Ben! That's I know. Ins- that's insane. Laughing all the way to the bank. Have a great
2: holiday. You deserve it. Well done. Take care, Neil. Take care, Frank. Cheers. That's a week each bed, breakfast and dinner, two nine two each. Back to the phone lines we go. Out to Le- no Moore. Brenda. Good morning. Everything sorted?
0: Um, not really. It's not sorted yet. Names they came out on Saturday. I think the council sent out monster drainage on Saturday to clean it. And they were Friday and Saturday, actually, and they didn't go near the green area. There's still tissues and lumps of, you know what, oh. on the green area. The, the the back gardens, like the number one is the lowest of them all, and it all kind of pools down to number one, and it's not clean. Like, there's stains, there's literally a stain on their back wall of the waterline, a brown stain a foot up their wall, do you know? And That's a foot, a,
2: a foot of sewage, a foot high of sewage. But are yeah. they finished now?
0: They seem to be finished. Now, somebody said something about having somebody come out to remove all the toys and all, all the property that was damaged, that was destroyed. And nobody knows. There's no sign of anybody yet. We don't know who actually is supposed to come. Like, nobody is taking responsibility. You know, the Irish Water are saying get onto the council. The council are saying get onto Irish Water. The construction guys that are outside, like, they were working for two weeks tarmacking the main road outside our estate. Mm. So, say, the bottom of Lenamore Hill. Yeah. And two weeks overnight, they were working. So, they were closing the road from 7 o'clock at night until 6 in the morning so you couldn't drive in or out. They were working literally like three metres out from the four houses in the <sighs> front. Well, and like I, 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 I know that, overnight. but aren't
2: you lucky to be getting them? to be getting a new surface. You're lucky. It's
0: a drainage. Like, they've been doing it, though, for three years, Neil. We moved into those houses in December 2019. Right. And since we moved in, there's been a stop-go system outside our houses. Like, I worked it out one day. I between, I, I left the house and came back five times in the one day, because, you know, my daughter would have, the, the, the kids all have activities and you'd be going in and out collecting them. And and I worked it out one day. I was an hour and 50 minutes sitting.
2: Sitting where? You're breaking up sitting where?
0: In the stop-go system, like either leaving the estate oh, or coming back down the hill, you know, Somebody so said to you, me last you know, week that they
2: keep on digging and filling in the same piece the of room.
0: The same roll. places genuinely, like right. from Sentra down to the, the church. They had all that done a couple of months ago and next thing they started digging it all up again, they were widening the footpath.
2: Okay, and tell me, is the, the smell they, but is the smell gone?
0: The smell I'm the furthest house in and the smell is kinda of gone in there, but like the houses out the front it's still Stinking. It's oh just God, they can't it's so open their windows. Oh my. You God know, goodness. and though we haven't had sleep for two weeks previous to this, and we got up last Thursday morning and the estate was covered in human waste.
2: Yeah, and tell me, and did they use high pressure cleaners for that? They
0: used power hoses and they, they used chemicals, but like the, the, the garden of the back garden of number one, I don't know what they're like. You can imagine the soil itself is. You know,
2: it's permeated it's down into it. And, in and, yeah. and and I believe that when they were doing that, it got caught up in the wind and all of that sewage now has spread to other areas and it's settled yeah. and it's dried. And yeah. I'm only, I am only—I mean, I, I know it's only, I know it's only cars. I know it's only cars, but um, cars around well, the Douglas now. area are destroyed in sewage now.
0: Yeah. And like our kids can't go out and play green because they the construction guys. We're shoveling it over onto the green area and Munster Drain didn't go near that. I suppose it's not their job. Like, I I don't know who should be sent out to deal with it or how they would... But, like, my daughter is nine. She has Down syndrome. And she goes out and plays with her friends out there all no, the time. Be, she can't. hasn't been outside since no, last Thursday. I, you could explain to the bigger ones, but I can't, you know. And the lady in number one has been sick since Saturday. She's violently ill. Like, uh, somehow, I don't know. You know, we're living in this situation. Nobody's yeah. taking responsibility. And, like, even the toys and stuff, like, this furniture has been damaged. Who's responsible for replacing that? Like, you know, uh, nobody is taking any, any responsibility. And it's.
2: it's Sounds boring. if you might have you to get know, out your own power washers, I'd say, Brenda.
0: I know, I know, I know. And we will, like, but it's just getting the stuff removed, even. I know, thanks, know for thanks, for yeah. thanks for the all update, right, thanks for the update, thanks for the update, far
2: from finished, uh, we used to call that maybe a half-assed effort <laughs> back in the day, text 0868104106, jump in on the conversation, just a quick one, Rory, good morning,
7: Neil, good morning, Jeff. it's just well, flashing me, up on um, the screen
2: here, Denny's Cross, what's up?
7: Denny's Cross, if you're coming from Wilton to Denny's Cross, there is no turning right to access College Road, know that kind of area. Yes, there is, there's, I use it all the time. Well, you can't turn right, don't know, Neil. There's a serious crash there. I don't know what it is, but there's a few fire brigades. There's ambulances. There's a double-decker bus parked with an ambulance parked behind us. So unless the bus and a car or something, um, or somebody on the bus had, had something wrong or something, I don't know. But you can't turn um, You can't turn right gotcha. from Denny's Cross. Ad- adversely, if you're coming from Model Farm Road, you can't go straight through.
2: Does it look like a crash?
7: I, I couldn't see I'm up high in the truck, Neil, but I literally couldn't see it. I could see the double decker bus parked, and the bus hasn't moved. Uh, I was sitting in traffic for about 10 minutes, and the bus hasn't moved. Directly behind the bus is an ambulance, but the ambulance is parked crossways okay, on the road. Okay. Do you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, there is a guard on duty at any Cross, but she's trying her best.
2: Okay. I said gotcha twice there again. Bloody hell. Thanks, Rory. <laughs> Thanks for the update, pal. All right, Neil. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I'm 20 euro down in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville
1: now, 0818 104
2: 106, Quartz Red FM. there will be shopping tourists now from Ireland going to the UK, not Northern Ireland, but certainly to mainland Britain, if you like. I hate even saying that, but across the water because they're after changing things now. They've got a new chancellor there who brought in a new budget. They're going to spend something like 200 billion they're trying to pay some of the budget costs that have been introduced. And one of them is that for tourists who go over there, you get a VAT refund on everything you buy, which means that a lot of people now will be getting cheap flights to London or Manchester or Liverpool for literally tax-free shopping. Like this is the first time that it's been, say, moved out of the airport, where you can go and buy designer clothing, handbags, jewellery, smartphones, laptops, gaming consoles. Imagine a lot of people will do tax-free shopping this side of Christmas, not necessarily in an airport anymore, but on the British High Street because you get the vat back um, that you're buying. Uh, And you take it home then in personal baggage. So it's a big, big change. And it's about trying to uh, unleash uh, new ideas to get their economy moving again. And tourism is one way. And tourists coming over to do a bit of retail therapy. And those items, they're big money, like designer clothes, handbags, jewellery, smartphones, laptops, gaming consoles. You could be saving hundreds on a, on a smartphone that's just an example. Anyway, keep those texts coming, text 0868104106 but you need money to spend it uh, and here's one more mortifying brain freeze story from last week just wanted to share a memory lapse moment my mother had a couple of years ago she doesn't like to use ATMs Neil she pays in the shops with uh, cash she doesn't use ATM cars she'll always withdraw cash even to do her shopping. One morning midweek she finds herself in Patrick Street needing money from a bank so she went in and she queued for a long time, in what she thought was the Bank of Ireland on the Grand Parade side of Patrick Street. It was only when she got to the desk or the till that she realised that she wasn't in the Bank of Ireland. She was in Waterstones. <laughs> it must have been the quiet atmosphere and the carpeted floors that made her think she was next door in the bank. She's never lived it down and we often tease her still. Her name is Mar O'Flynn from Blarney Street. She's mortified all over again this morning. I don't know why she shared that story with you. For you to razz her and to slag her for years on end. Anyway, text 0868 Pick up the phone on 0818 Amanda, good morning. Good morning. Your weekend, please. Uh, and let's see if we can deliver to you a big box of donuts from <laughs> Offbeat Donuts. But you've got to sell me on it. Go ahead.
14: Yeah. Uh, we, my partner, his son, 21st, was up in Kilkenny, so we went up there. We were having barbecue. That was grand. A lot of people had some burgers, sausages, the other usual. So the birthday boy himself decided to take over the barbecue. That was fine. All of a sudden, he started turning it up. He didn't know really what he was doing, and um, the whole thing just went on fire. And he was still turning it up, turning it down. We were all, and it was where he was standing with the barbecue. Right behind him, there was logs that were just after being cut up, so it was full of wood. Then we're afraid that would catch on fire underneath. Then. Was the gas bottle? We thought that would explode. They were pulling it out of the shed because it was just an open shed. <laughs> pulling it out, someone said, "Get salt." They got a big tub of salt, poured it over it. It was just absolutely so Does, funny. Did salt?
2: Did, did, the, did the salt put the flames out?
14: Yeah, we were. I didn't know that, but yeah, someone came out with a big load of salt and poured it all over. Was the it a gas coffee, barrel coffee.
2: barbecue? It was.
14: It was. Yeah, yeah. So my partner had to run over and pull the pull the pull the gas bottles from underneath it and drag it away. But literally, the whole thing was on fire. It was actually
2: funny. Do you know, barbecues can be dodgy like that, particularly yeah. with sausages yeah. or a burger. Yeah. If the fat drops down onto the flame, whoosh.
14: That's actually what happened, yeah. And he, t- he kept turning it up and it just kept dripping and dripping more and the flames were just getting blacker and blacker and it was just...
2: Was everything was, destroyed was, then?
14: Everything was destroyed. But most of us had eaten at, this, at that stage anyway. That's what he just wanted to do a oh, few little bits I thought, I thought so, you got yeah. nothing to eat. Oh, no, no, we got something to eat. It was just the last few bits. The, la- the people who came late didn't get anything. <laughs> they just had sandwiches. <laughs> it was oh, very funny. So we just yes. said it'll be a 21st we'll never forget.
2: All right, well, at least I got Here. the box of donuts for you to make up for the weekend <laughs> disaster, all right?
14: Brilliant, thank you. And Are he's you? actually in Cork. He's actually in Cork Monday to Friday going going to college, so he'll be delighted
2: with them. Okay, well, we can get them organized for you, courtesy of ourselves, and offbeat donuts, all right? So there, there there'll be you. at least a dozen... Uh, but yeah. there could be up to 15 so have a good share with everybody
14: oh we will we will indeed you thank don't you.
2: have to cook them or anything keep them away from oh. breaking flames <laughs> I
14: keep them away from him anyway <laughs>
2: just enjoy it Take
14: <laughs> thank care. you so much all the thank best you.
2: thanks 0868104106 thank you so much it's always great when people come back I got a lovely text in this morning saying we won one of the Spike Island family passes a few weeks ago and we went on Saturday and had an absolutely incredible day thank you so much from the Murphy family in Bishopstown well thanks for coming back Back on that. Can I just say, I still have some passes left for various tourist attractions across the city and county. And we're going to give away some more now. Not many left. I mean, we got great value out of these passes right across the summer, but I do have. Uh, Two this morning for Cove Heritage Centre. These are two family passes for Cove Heritage Centre. Two left, so our lines are open for that on 0818 104 106. So get texting if you'd like one of the Cove Heritage Centre passes. After they're gone, I still have a few for West Cork Secret. I have a few for the walking tour of UCC. And I still have a couple left for the St. Mary's Collegiate Church in Yall. I was down there at the weekend. It's just a gorgeous church. I mean, it's at least 1,500 years old, perhaps older. And right next to it, over the wall, is the old original house where Walter Raleigh lived. You'll love it. There's a beautiful big park adjacent to it, and it's well worth the trip. So between tomorrow and Wednesday, we'll give away the rest of them, the lion's share of it. And finally, um, you're talking about socialising, uh, we were talking about uh, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield continuing to get a roasting, coming under fire when they appeared to jump the queue at the Queen's Lying In State. I saw at the weekend that a night a city nightclub in Coventry came up with a very cheeky offer for clubbers at the weekend. Apparently, anybody named Holly or Phil was allowed to jump the queue at the Casbah nightclub in Coventry. And the other clubbers then, who weren't either named Holly or Phil, uh, were encouraged to boo them as they skipped the queue. (laughs) I mean, there is a serious side to this because Holly and Phil... Uh, strenuously deny the accusations and are said to be left shaken by the backlash. But a pretty clever idea from the nightclub who said anybody named Holly or Phil at the weekend didn't have to queue. I guess they just had to prove that they were Holly or Phil. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast.